Since 1995, Alabama's sports talk leader, Tiger Communications, proudly presents Sports Call. It's time to join our Sports Call crew as they discuss the latest headlines and happenings around Auburn and the entire sports world. To be part of the show, give us a call at 334-887-3401 locally or toll-free at 1-888-9-TIGER-9. We're taking phone calls all show long and want to talk about whatever you've got on your mind. And now, coming to you live from the loveliest village on the plains, Auburn's first and Auburn's favorite sports talk show, Sports Call. Good afternoon, Auburn Opelika. This is Sports Call on a Tuesday. I am Brooks Childress. Filling in for Mr. Ryan Lavoy here this afternoon. His second day off. He'll be back tomorrow. Uh, we've got a shortened show for you today. We'll be getting off uh, a little after 5 o'clock. I said yesterday we'd be getting off at 5 o'clock. Uh, I think we're going to go a little bit further than 5 o'clock today uh, due to uh, Smith Station basketball coming on the air uh, over on our sister station, FM Talk 93.9, this afternoon. Uh, Brant Daughtry. Uh, T.P. Hammock will have the call on that one. I will uh, be joining them, and that is why we'll be getting off the air a little bit early this afternoon. Uh, but we've got a great show coming up for you this afternoon. We'll talk a lot about, uh, continue to talk a lot about the playoff scenarios uh, for the college football playoffs. We'll talk about some Auburn basketball, some Auburn football news in the portal. We'll also talk with Justin Ferguson from the Auburn Observer coming up here at the bottom of the first hour, about 3.30. Uh, so we'll talk to him. And, of course, your phone calls on the Orthopedic Clinic phone line, 334-887-341 locally or toll-free 1-888-9-TIGER-9. I am Brooks Childress. Tom Peavy joining me today. Uh, and, uh, Tom, how are you doing on this uh, this wonderful Tuesday afternoon? I, I'm doing great. Uh, I, I was doing wonderful until right about the time that the music was about to cut off and uh, went into a sneezing fit. So I'm, I'm hoping I got over those. But... Uh, Doing great, and uh, yeah, we're still kind of uh, still kind of recovering and thinking about everything that happened with the announcement of the playoff teams. Uh, obviously, still a lot of controversy going on there. Uh, keeping track of the transfer portal with a lot of stuff going on there, and then on the recruiting side of things, uh, Auburn hosted a, a huge visitor yesterday, uh, a, a five-star plus kid that is currently committed to Florida State. Uh, he was a guy that was big on Auburn's radar uh, in his original recruitment before he committed, and uh, I had not even given much thought about him, but that's K.J. Bolden, uh, safety out of Buford, Georgia. Um, was a big Auburn target, committed to FSU, and he made a visit here Monday, so, or yesterday, Monday. So uh, that makes kind of, that makes things interesting there on that recruiting front, and, you know, is, is there the potential that Auburn may try to flip another big-time five-star guy? So there's that, and then, of course, everybody is still watching Ryan Williams and seeing what he's going to do. Um, so the recruiting is hot and heavy. Mm-hmm. The transfer portal is hot and heavy. There has been no uh, earth-shattering news on the Auburn front as far as transfer portal goes right now, but uh, it's still out there. Still a lot to talk about. Uh, all SEC teams came out, and uh, a notable omission from the all sec teams that i think a lot of people are very upset about uh, i've said definitely seen within the media the auburn media uh looking at the fact that marcus harris was left off and it was yeah. just like what in the world are y'all looking at but uh yeah a lot, lot of stuff to go on a lot of stuff to a lot of stuff to talk about and digest in the uh shortened amount of time that we have today that's right uh once again uh if you didn't catch it a moment ago we are getting off the air 
probably a little bit after 5 o'clock. We'll at least have one segment in the 5 o'clock hour this afternoon as Smith Station Basketball will be coming on the air on our sister station, FM Talk 93.9. And because of... Uh, uh, because uh, of some uh, uh, work schedules around here, we, uh, we're going to have to sh- uh, shut the show down a little bit early, but we'll make sure we get all your phone calls in at 334-887-34. Locally, toll free one triple eight nine tiger on the orthopedic clinic phone line. Uh, go ahead and get those in. As I mentioned, uh, great show coming up for you today. We'll finish off the show with a nightly TV guide. You know what? May- we may even uh, visit uh, a segment we didn't get to do yesterday. We may even visit the best and worst of the weekend since we really didn't well. get to uh, do that yesterday. Uh, but also, we'll talk to Justin Ferguson here at the bottom of the hour, the 3 o'clock hour on uh, Sports Call. So let's start today but with a conversation that we started, we, we had in, in different parts yesterday. Uh, the, the college football playoff, uh, it, it seems, I don't know if you've noticed this, Tom, but the, uh, the narrative... Uh, has, uh, the, the narrative has started to shift a little bit uh, when it comes to the... The Florida State folk, or the the Florida State omission, uh, the, the, from the time that it happened uh, on Sunday mid morning or late morning, early afternoon, when that was an, when the uh, the playoff was announced, a lot of people were un- upset about it. There was a lot of people upset. Well, I don't I don't know if you've noticed this, but a lot of the uh, the national talking media has started to shift away uh, from being upset that Florida State is is not in it, and they they've started to change their tune within forty eight hours of that. Uh, and you know, listen, we, we talked about it yesterday. We talked about it some, some, uh, you know, with different parts yesterday. I am not arguing that Alabama should not be in the playoffs, right? They are very <clears throat> deserving. They are the conference champions from, uh, pr- probably the most competitive conference in college football. Yep. Uh, they beat the number one team that has been almost consistently number one team in the college football playoff rankings, as well as the rest of the AP poll rankings yep. all year. Uh, so they are very deserving to be in there. Georgia. Also very deserving to be in there. They had one loss. They won, what, 29 straight games, something like that. Yeah. Uh, 29 straight conference games or something, some ridiculous number. And they, uh, their only loss was in the conference championship game. The, the thing is, is uh, it, it, it was the, the Florida State getting omitted because they were, the, they, they were the first. And I think that's the biggest thing is that it, it had never happened before is that the, the, the undefeated Power 5 conference champion was never omitted. And it was the fact that they did not get a, a chance. You know, you, you, you say, you know, you look at that, and, you know, you ever, it, the, the thing is, is that you're, you're looking at it, you say, oh, we reevaluated it after, um, after uh, quarterback went down. Well, you did. Why didn't you do it a few weeks before and not have them as the top four team? Right. That's, that's, I think that's the biggest question is, cool, if you reevaluated after he went down, that's great. But why did it not change your rankings of them at that point? Why did you look at that and say, oh, you know, you, you, didn't, you, know, you don't have your star quarterback anymore. Why, why is it changing your rankings? Wait until the very end to change your rankings. Um, but, I'm, you know, it, it's just, it, it, again, there are three teams that are sitting there for four, five, and six that are very deserving. Also, another thing that has been brought up, is if you were, if you and if you were insistent that Florida State was not a capable of you know going in and competing for a national championship, why are they even at five? Why not put Georgia at five? Georgia's right now. You look at the Vegas odds. Georgia's favored in that game between Georgia and Florida State. So, but you're putting them ahead of them as a better team. But why is the better team not favored? 
that that's that's one you know a, a huge question mark that's out there now um so tom i know we talked about it yesterday i know you, you get you got your your talk about it out uh, a little bit yesterday too but it's just you know it, it's amazing how the the narrative has started to flip really quickly uh at, from outrage to well you know whatever we're there this is it and, and it's and then it's also you know the the fact that it continue they it continues to have the dance around of this is the reason this is the reason this is the reason yeah. and they, they weren't and it, <clears throat> they weren't given a chance well so here's my thing if if people on that committee if they were able to look me or anybody else in the eye and tell me that Florida State still would have been left out even if uh, even Jordan if, Travis. if Jordan Travis was still there and they still would have left Florida State out. Yeah. Because Florida State's this or Florida State's that or whatever. If you if they if they could sit there and tell me that with a straight face, then I, I make it understand. But the simple fact is that's just not the case. I think you know that, I know that, I think everybody knows they use the quarterback excuse to keep Florida State out, and I think that's where they're wrong on that because there have been teams. Ohio State won a national title with a third-string quarterback. Mm. You can't control those things, and the fact is they still did what they were supposed to do. You're win and you're in. Well, they've done that with uh, with their second-string quarterback and with their third-string quarterback. So to to sit there and, and make the decision on uh, – uh, on, on speculation of what we think may happen or or the possibilities of if team a and team b plays that we think this will happen compared to team a and team c playing yeah no i just i don't like the i don't like you making that it that feels like you're kind of just making your own rules at that point at, at that point it feels like you and, and i know this argument's been thrown out there but at that point you could look at the begin the first rankings at the beginning of the year and say oh these two teams make a good, uh, good uh, national championship. Just put them in. Sure, you know because I mean, if they, if what you do in the season doesn't matter, then then it doesn't matter. Um, but again, and like I said yesterday, yeah, and I I'm not saying that Alabama's not one of the four best teams. And I'll say this also again: if you're just going straight up four best teams, then Alabama and Georgia should be in there because mm-hmm. I'm 100% convinced that Georgia is one of the four best teams. I I think. Absolutely, Georgia is probably better than I, – I definitely think they're better than Washington. Um, Texas, we've already seen that Texas has knocked off Alabama. I think Texas is a, sp- a pretty special team. Um, I think they're right there with Georgia. Michigan, you know, an, an offense that – you know, they've got a great defense and offense has done enough to do what they need to do. But, yeah. I mean, there hasn't just been any just earth-shattering anything with Michigan – no. So, you know, I I would be hard pressed to say that Georgia is not one of the top four too. Um, and so, but you, so you put others in based on what they accomplished. You put Washington in because of what they accomplished. If Washington was a one-loss Pac-12 champion, they're not in. Right. They're not in. No. That and we've seen that happen before in the especially from the Pac-12. Right. So, you know. It, it just it feels like there's no consistency with what the uh, what that um, that crew decided to do because on one hand it feels like they were awarding for accomplishment then on the other hand when it came down to that final spot they're like mm, no we're not going to worry about accomplishments we're going to worry about 
who we think is the better team to fill the fourth spot, and because your quarterback is out, then we're going to put somebody else in there. You know, that's just that lacks the consistency of, of I think, what you're supposed to do. If you're going to go four best teams, then do the four best teams. Yes, you're going to end up screwing over Washington, or you're going to end up screwing over Texas. In this case, it would be Texas since they're at the third spot. Yeah. Um, but you got the but you got your four best teams. If that's what it's about, then let us then do that. Don't be inconsistent and say, "Well, these first couple we're going to give them off of off of what they did in the season and their accomplishments, but then we're going to take a team and not allow them in on the accomplishments because we suspect and we have a feeling that because of their quarterback situation." That they they're probably not going to fare very well against some of these teams, so therefore we need to keep them out. Um, it, it feels dirty. Uh, it, I couldn't even imagine what I would. Well, no, you know, I take that back. I I can't imagine what I would feel like if I was a Florida State fan because I was here in two thousand and four when Auburn got snubbed. Um, now a different deal there because they only took the top two teams. A little bit easier, I guess, to understand there because the number one and number two teams stayed undefeated and so nobody jumped them um but in that case you know you're looking at the fact that auburn went through an sec schedule unscathed uh their big knock was in 04 was they played the citadel and that kind of knocked them down a notch but ultimately they didn't jump over the one or two teams to get to the championship game and then there ended up being a massive blowout so I do kind of understand where you're at with the Florida State fans for uh because I have seen it but um I mean, it's bad. Uh, it's then it's the last year of it. We'll be going to the twelve teams, and and you know you'll just you'll gripe for like about twenty four hours over the thirteenth team that didn't make it in. But eh, no and, big deal. But. And I think I think that's part of the reason that it was you know it was obvious you know you look at some of the articles that have been put out. Uh, ESPN's uh, one of their lead college football writers, Heather Denich, does a great job. Right. Um, she put out an article about the process from those those uh, those twelve hours or so between the end of the uh, the ACC championship game and the uh, the playoff uh, four being revealed Sunday uh, morning. Um, she put out an article there, and it's, uh, you know, I, I think that's one of the things that they, they could have, you know, probably looked at is that said, hey, we can make this decision. People, you know, there, there's a chance some people get mad at this, but it's the last year of it. We know that next year all Power Five conference champions are going to be in. There's going to have a group of five representative in, and then we're going to have the rest out large stuff. And like you said, people are going to be upset about that 13th team. There's, you know, there, somebody's going to have a case for the 13th team, but it's going to be like you said yesterday on the show. I think it was a really good point that it's going to be like the NCAA tournament. There's a couple years that you've looked at a team that has just missed that's been on the bubble, and you've looked at them compared to somebody that got in, and you said, well, this team's better than that team, and you kind of complained about it for 12 to 24 hours. And you've moved on. Oh. You've gotten you've gotten in the the the, uh, the 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 mode of March Madness. At that point, you're like, all right, now let's play some basketball. That's what <laughs> it's going to be like next year. Is right. you're going to be <clears throat> mad about, let's say Missouri getting left out at that number thirteen spot. Just you know, picking a team that is it would be in that conversation this year. And you you look at it and say, hey, they got left out. All right, cool. That's you know upsetting. Maybe they should have been in over this team. But all right, 
let's move on. Let's go. Let, let's play some football here in a couple weeks. Uh, one thing that I did notice from Heather Denich's article and that she talked about uh, on uh, ESPN's Get Up this morning right. was that they went through several votes. Obviously, you go through, se- you know, they they'd vote several different times. They go through different things with this committee. Uh, at one point, the consensus was to put Georgia at five and have Florida State at six. And I don't know, uh, I think it was either her or Paul Feinbaum, they were both on the same time, said something to, you know, oh, you know, they they thought, well, we don't want to, you know, kind of don't want to embarrass or, you know, knock the ACC down too much. I think if you put Georgia at five, we're not having this conversation. We're not having the comp. We're not having as much of a conversation. Let me just say that right. about Florida State because if, if the playoff committee put Alabama at four, Georgia at five, Florida State at six, you say, all right. So they thought two teams are better, but the fact that you you put one team above them and put knock them from four down to five, one spot, and you still said, and it goes back to you still said that they were ranked. They you think they were a better team than Georgia? Well, why is Georgia favored by two touchdowns against them right now? Right. <clears throat> yeah. I, the thing, my whole thing is, I with the whole deal, I understand it. I, I, I truly do understand it, and that's why, I'm, you know, I, I'm not saying that Alabama doesn't deserve to be in there. I'm not saying Georgia doesn't deserve to be in there. I understand why they made the decisions that they did, but mm. I, I don't necessarily agree with it. Sure. And, um. Yeah, I, I mean, it, it is what it is, but I, you know. That's the other thing. I, I mean, there. I see both sides of it. Um, one of the things that was mentioned, and and I I think you could kind of even see it uh, when they showed the video of the uh, Michigan uh, viewing party. Oh yeah, it. and so one, drones. So, yeah, well, so that was one of the things, and it's like to tell you that they got it right is if you were to go to Michigan players secretly now of course yeah. they're going if you on the record they're going to say well, we're not afraid of anybody we'll put, yeah. if you, off the record if you talk to them or you talk to fans or 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 boosters and everything I'm like hey listen who would you rather would you rather play bama yeah. or would you rather play florida state every one of them would be like uh florida state please yeah are you absolutely. kidding me? yeah kidding me yes give me a give me a florida state team with a backup quarterback Okay, yeah, cool. They got a great defense. They, they're quarterbacks. Iowa had a great defense. Exactly. Iowa's defensive coordinator won assistant of the year. Won the Broyles Award, yeah. So, I, I, yeah, I'd be like, uh, pff, yeah, Florida State. And, of course, then you see the viewing room, and it's like, you know, Michigan's opponent is going to be Bama, and you hear audible groans. Yeah. I don't think that's groans because they're like, oh, my gosh, I can't believe they left Florida State out. I think those are audible groans like, ooh. To, to quote the this just got real we're gonna have to play bama to quote the great taylor swift i've seen this film before and i didn't like the ending. yeah um so so again that tells you right there for a lot of people that they got it right because if, if you don't want you don't want a scenario where you have one of the four teams and everybody's looking at it like huh, okay well that's a cupcake thank you thank yeah. you thank you for that gift i appreciate it yeah. Uh, so yeah, I mean, I like I said, I mean, Bama has every reason to be in there. I mean, they they are the SEC champs. They had a loss that was like way back what week two. Yeah. To a team that is in the playoffs with them, um, I get it. I, but I, you know, just that that deep down thing, it's like you know, you're it's not supposed to be about the subjective 
thing of we think this is the best for them. We think that if they play head-to-head, then we think this is what's going to happen or the most likely scenario we think is going to go down with this game. No, I mean, you you don't know that. You just don't know what's going to happen from game to game. And so, therefore, you take that subjective mindset of – of assuming what's going to happen, and you put the people in there on, on what they have done, on what it what is physically right in front of you, cut and dry. They're undefeated conference champions. Okay, yes, they just played their third string quarterback. Granted, he's not going to be the guy that plays for them, so they'll still be on a backup quarterback. But you know, they went undefeated. They won their conference championship. We said from the beginning, win and you're in. Well, they won, and now we're going to make them not in. Sorry, Bama, you lost a game, and the other teams didn't. Sorry, Georgia, you didn't get your job done in the SEC championship. These other guys did. I thought that I thought that was the way that this was supposed to be. When they decided to do a top four like this, that was my understanding, is that that's how that was supposed to be, not – well, I think that if they played, then this was going to happen. Three three four eight eight seven thirty four. I'm locally toll free one triple eight nine Tiger Nine. We've got a couple minutes before we go to our interview with Justin Ferguson here at the bottom of the hour. Let's go to the orthopedic clinic phone line, and it is Keith from Auburn. Keith is joining us first up today. Keith, how are you doing on this for Tuesday? Hey, I'm doing doing great, guys. Hope you you are as well. Absolutely. Um, What's on your mind? Hey, you know, real quick, you know, there was a lot of unprecedented things that took place, obviously. Uh, Florida State, that, that's difficult for, for those those players, uh, for what they have to go through, um, you know, and I hate that. But, you know, the five comp, Power Five Conference, it was set up that way mm-hmm. that if, if you had five conference champions go undefeated, one was going to be left out. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, you know, I, I'm not going to say that they got the best four. So there's been years that two not. teams have been – two conferences have been left out because the SEC's gotten a couple teams in too. Right. So, you know, um, it, it's just tough. But then again, I mean, guys, if, if we be realistic about – I mean, if you watched any of that ball game Saturday night, Either, either, either game. I mean, you can flip over and watch Iowa and Michigan, or, or but watch Florida State and Louisville. That was painful, guys. Why would anybody want to see Florida State in in the top four when they and even Stonemaker started a game and finished up a half a game? There's no guarantee uh, how much better. You know how much better he would be. I'm sure he would be better. You mean Rodemaker? Um, Rodemaker. Yeah, Rod. Yeah, Rodemaker. But you know, I I just don't. Uh, you know, you, you you won't. And I think sometimes it comes down to matchups. Um, and and you know, and I I hear people say that. I don't understand when y'all say all they said was win and you're in. Who is they? Who said? The college oh, football playoff committee. Yeah, college, yeah, college football playoff committee. They told who that? that. That was just kind of one of their things that they were saying is when and you're in. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, I didn't quite understand what what y'all were talking about there. Um, 
you know, and well, well, it's Keith, a because big Keith, because people are asking them basically the scenario that we ran into, and they were saying, "Don't worry about those scenarios. If you win, you're in." And yeah. then when it came down to selection time, they're like, "Hey, maybe we don't need to do that." Yeah. Okay. I understand what you what you're saying, but you know, to uh, respond or piggyback on Steve yesterday, wanting. Alabama folks to come. I, I don't mind calling in. Uh, you know, I think Bama deserves to be in. Now, here's the thing. Uh, you can't blame Alabama for Florida State. You, you know, Bama did what they could do yeah. to help their self get into football championship. Absolutely. That's yeah. all they did. No, I don't, yeah, don't blame them at all. And, yeah, Sankey's going to go out there and politic for – Two SEC schools, you know, Georgia and Alabama both to get in. Each head coach is going to politic for their team. Saban was politicking last year with two losses. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So it's, uh, you know, I think the four teams that's in there uh, are all deserving. Uh, yeah, Florida State's probably deserving as well. I, I'm, I'm not going to say they're not. You know what I'm saying? It's just. It's just a unique situation. Uh, you, you know, the SEC has to carry some clout. If they've had this thing for 17 years and 13 champions have come from the SEC, uh, that, that, has to, that has to stand for something. Now, I will say this. One thing that I, I, I got a little tired of hearing was uh, they, they're talking about Florida State. Well, they, you know, their comfort schedule. They or they went out and they played uh, an SEC, two SEC schools on the road, and they did, and they won both games, and they were two and zero against SEC opponents. Alabama was nine and zero against SEC opponents. So you, you, you're not comparing apples to apples. Uh, you know. Yeah. It, it's just like Florida State and Georgia now. Uh, that's not going to be a contest. I don't really care who, whoever opts out. Georgia's still got better ball players than Florida State's got. I was going to say, there's a reason Georgia's uh, favored by from, 14. No. Right, from top, top to bottom. But, you know, I will say this, moving on uh, real quick. All right. Uh, the matchups. Uh, I like Alabama's matchup against Michigan yeah. better than I do an Alabama versus Texas or an Alabama versus Washington. Because uh, Bama's built for those type of, of uh, teams. Uh, most teams are not going to line up and run the football against Alabama and beat them. Yeah. Now, teams have had success doing it, but most of the time, the teams that beat and give Alabama the most uh, difficult times are those teams that's got a great quarterback that, that can run the ball, he can throw the ball, and he can distribute the ball. Uh, yeah, J.J. or whatever that – quarterback is for you know i'm just not high on that conference up there sure i mean it's it, it's two teams that's in it every year it's ohio state and michigan nobody else is re- ever really any good and uh you put both of ohio state and michigan in the sec and they're not playing for a, a championship every year yeah but right now in the big 12 or whatever conference that's called big 10 big 12 uh it's always michigan and ohio state there's no one that, you know, yeah. whoever wins that game plays for the Big 12, and then you, you get to watch that boredom that you saw Saturday night between 
I wouldn't, whatever. But I will say this. Did uh, the USC coach uh, – Lincoln Riley? What's his name? Yeah, did he hire a defense coordinator? Uh, yeah, they uh, they hired a defense coordinator. I'm trying to think. Uh, oh, he came from UCLA. He they hired D, uh, UCLA's defensive coordinator. UCLA. Yeah. I would. I, I think I'd have went after that cat from Iowa. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> Just won the Broyles Award. Yeah, they them guys. Hey, they play defense, but gosh, they're in it. I mean, what would have really been fun to watch would have been Florida State playing Iowa. I don't believe either team would have scored. <laughs> I do not believe either team would have scored. They'd been zero zero going into overtime. So, I mean, Florida State's got a great defense too, but uh, and they got better athletes than Iowa. But that's what makes Iowa so special. Oh, I mean, yeah. they take those three stars and they do that on defense. It's crazy. But anyway, guys, you know, I, I hate it for Florida State, but you know, these announcers and all. Uh, at this point now, what, what else are they do? You got to move on. I mean, there's nothing to go back yeah. and can be changed now. So uh, it it just is what it is. But um, you know, in a, in a few weeks or, or whatever, we'll see who you know hosts the, the trophy up as you know the best team. I, I really think I I, I think that it's going to be Alabama and Texas playing for the national championship. So. And I'm not. I'm not going to say Alabama beat them. So, I mean, I think Texas is that good. Um, I think it'll be a better ball game than yeah. the first one in week two. But uh, I, I don't want to play Texas again. You know, I'd rather play Washington. But uh, I think Texas will beat. I take care of Washington. I think uh, Alabama will take care of Michigan. So we'll see what happens. But anyway, guys, I uh, appreciate y'all taking my phone call, Steve. I hope that. Bring some clarity on. Uh, I just assumed he thought, you know, that we all wiggled our way into that thing. Uh, they, Bama, Bama did what they had to do to get in, and it wasn't anything to do against Florida State. Yeah. So, you know, that's on the committee. That ain't on Alabama. But anyway, y'all guys have a good and thanks for taking my call. Absolutely. Thanks so much for the call today, Keith. That was Keith from Auburn joining us on the Orthopedic Clinic phone line. Let's hit our first break of the show. When we come back, Justin Ferguson from the Auburn Observer joins us here on Sports Call on a Tuesday, right after this. Sports Call is on the air weekdays from 3 until 6 p.m. If you're currently driving in a four-door sedan, roll up the windows and turn up the radio. We're Auburn's first and Auburn's favorite sports talk show. Want more Sports Call? Check us out online at sportscallauburn.com. Welcome back to Sports Call on a Tuesday. I'm Brooks Childress, Tom Peavy. Joining me this afternoon, sitting in for Ryan LaVoy, your usual show host here on Sports Call. He'll be back tomorrow with a brand new edition of Sports Call Auburn. But until then, we're holding down the fort. And uh, I think, Tom, we've been doing a bang-up job, don't you? I think so. Absolutely. Nothing like a, a little self-gratification, don't you? <laughs> <laughs> we pat ourselves on the back every Dang now right. Uh, toot our own horn. That's toot, right. toot. That, that is absolutely right. 
Uh, and as we move on here on Sports Call on this Tuesday, we go to the Auburn Bank phone line, back to the Auburn or the Orthopedic Clinic phone line. Uh, all of our Sports Call callers and guests join us on the Orthopedic Clinic phone line. The Orthopedic Clinic has been serving the people of East Alabama since 1971 and is your go-to center for orthopedic care. Visit them online at theorthoclinic.com for more information. We go back to the Orthopedic Clinic phone line and joining us right now from the Auburn Observer, as he does almost every week, Mr. Justin Ferguson joining us this afternoon. Justin, how are we this evening? Uh, I'm doing well. How are y'all? Doing, doing great, great. Doing great. Uh, I see. I, I got to ask. You're you're looking at becoming an audiobook guy. Yeah. So I mean, I went to uh, went to Boone obviously this weekend for a trip, and it was a good trip. It just it's it's six hours up, six hours back, and like you get to a point where you run out of podcasts and you run out of music that you want to listen to, and uh, so I just decided, you know, Spotify has audiobooks. I'll throw throw one on. Found something um, you know that I hadn't hadn't read before, and just popped it in, and it took up pretty much the whole trip there and back for me. So by the end of it, I was like, okay, all right. I mean, I'm a captive audience at that point. Like you know, it's not like I can do anything else. So um, you know, might have to start making the transition for some of these longer road trips. And listen, Justin, as a, a former employee of a public library in my, my younger days, I fully endorse uh, the audiobook section of the library. Oh, yeah. yeah, no, I mean, I was, I, you know, I, I, I read a lot, and I, and I try to read as much as I can. But, you know, obviously when you're in the car for 12 hours, you can't read. And, I, and I've never been one who has been able to, like, read or, like, work in, in a car, like, if I'm, if I'm a passenger. Um, so... I don't know why it's taken me this long to like consider. Hey, maybe listen to a book. Um, but you know, I'm 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 toying around with the idea a little bit more. There you go. Uh, let's get into some Auburn stuff here. Uh, one of the big questions out there right now with the transfer portal open is the quarterback position, and there's a lot of quarterbacks that have put their name into the hat. What's Auburn going to do there, in your opinion? Uh, do they do anything, in your opinion? And if they do try to make a move, who are some of the names out there you think that? Uh, fans and all can keep an eye on it's interesting because i mean like look i mean the portal's been open now for a little over a day and it's not like we're hearing auburn like super closely linked with a lot of these quarterbacks that have gone in the portal i mean we've heard maybe that they could be in a contender but it's not like hey this is some clear-cut thing i you know and, and and meanwhile you know auburn's made a bunch of offers of wide receiver and offensive line defensive line so defensive backs a linebacker like they're kind of spreading the wealth there and and, you know, I think, you know, I would be surprised if Auburn didn't at least kick the tires on something. But the more you think about it, the more you look at it, it's like it might be a situation where Auburn doesn't, you know, really force itself in and, and tries to run it back next year with Peyton Thorne, a full off season, and, hey, let's upgrade the talent around them. Let's get more wide receivers. Let's bring in Cam Coleman and those guys. Let's bring in, you know, maybe a transfer or two and see if we can get better around them and, and, and have that experienced quarterback, you know, next season instead of going and getting another one. I, I wouldn't be surprised if Auburn goes in that direction. Um, but, you know, we'll, I think it's one of those kind of play-by-ear uh, situations right now because, look, could Auburn be linked to some of these guys? And, I mean, people have talked about, like, Riley Leonard. People have talked about Tracy McCall again. But Auburn has not been, like, a place where people have said, you know, those guys are guys, like, they went in the portal and it's like, these are this is where they're going to end up probably – Unlike Notre Dame or NC State or some of these other schools, you know, Auburn is not necessarily interested in, I don't think, guaranteeing anything to anybody. Like, you know, I don't think they're going to say, hey, it's your job if you want it, because they have Thorne coming back, because they have some younger quarterbacks, and because, you know, I just, 
I think that's just kind of the mo of um, you know what what Hugh Freeze and and Phil Montgomery have done. So um, I'm not going to say they aren't going to do it. I'm not going to rule it out completely. But I, I'm kind of not surprised that you haven't heard Auburn as link, linked to these quarterbacks as much as some other schools because they already have a transfer quarterback who would be very experienced next year. And, you know, uh, instead of spending $1.5, million, whatever, on a, on a premier starting quarterback, maybe you take that money and spread it to several other positions and really upgrade the roster around you. It, it might be the best you know, case scenario for Auburn. Um. Uh, on the uh, actual recruiting side of things from uh, the high school realm, a uh, big visitor yesterday on campus with K.J. Bolden. Uh, I know he was a top target when he was originally being recruited before he committed to Florida State. Uh, I personally had not even heard his name mentioned again since he committed. What all of a sudden happened, and how big is that that Auburn was able to get him uh, here Monday for a visit? Yeah, they brought him in, and I believe he was around for the Iron Bowl. I'm not okay. 100% sure on that one as well. But, yeah, no, I mean, Hugh Freeze's you know, track record is don't ever give up on these kids, right? You know, right? That's what they did with Cam Coleman, and it worked out. I think they're going to try to do the same thing here with K.J. Bolden and just say, hey, try to make sure, you know, uh, that they can go after him here and, and maybe flip him. Um, you know, I, I – Florida State wasn't like a surprise when he committed to him. Like right. FSU was a really big contender, but you know Georgia really wants him. Auburn really wants him. I think the kid's going to keep his options open because he is, without a doubt, one of the best you know safeties I think um, I've ever seen coming out of high school. He's just a really unique player, real rare talent. And so yeah, I mean I think for Auburn it's just it, it's more of kind of like what they just did with Cam Coleman. Like hey, don't ever count us out. Um, you know, stay in the hunt with these guys all the way till their name signed on the dotted line. And, um, you know, if they could flip a guy like him, it would be massive. If they could, you know, even them being in the hunt at this point, I think it's just a kind of sign of it's, it's a big reason why Freeze was hired as the head coach here because they knew, you know, the people who made the decision, Albert knew he would be in the mix like this down the stretch of these recruiting cycles. Yeah. And speaking of flips, another name out there that everybody's looking at, uh, granted he would have to reclassify to 2024, but everybody's looking at yeah. also Ryan Williams right now. What are you hearing on that front? Yeah, I mean, it's going to be interesting. I wouldn't necessarily say that Auburn's you know, a lock to get it or, or one way or another. Um, I do think it is getting more likely that he would reclassify uh, and, you know, and, and be a 2024 kid. I know Alabama's going to put up a real heck of a fight uh, to keep them. And, you know, Auburn's got, you know, the potential of, um, you know, it, it, it being a huge wide receiver class and they can put, promise just immediate playing time even for a kid who's super young because uh, he would be reclassifying. And he has an Auburn legacy. Auburn's going to put the full court press on him. And it's like, you know, I wouldn't, you know, I, I would never guarantee – any kid to flip from Alabama. And I thought when they did it with Perry Thompson, I thought that was huge. They could go back to that well again. I mean, you're talking about just a phenomenal recruiting job here for Auburn. But, yeah, I mean, I think I think they've got a shot. And uh, in the next couple of weeks, I think, A, we're going to figure out, you know, what uh, the direction is going to be for, um, you know, Ryan Williams if he reclassifies. And if he does so, um, you know, it might be something that he takes all the way to February. Uh, before he, you know, signs on the dotted line. Yeah. It makes you, it makes you wonder what the as everybody keeps mentioning. What was the former coach doing, or, or <laughs> yeah. not, or not doing? Yeah, I mean, it just it effort and and just making an and making a concerted impact in recruiting and just like really 
you know, taking it seriously goes a long way. I think more and more people are buying in to this staff. I think more people are willing to donate to like NIL and stuff like that and raise more support. And I do think it is telling, like, look, Auburn's receivers did not have a good year um, on the whole, right? Some of the fly guys played pretty well um, at times, and but you didn't get a lot out of it. And for Marcus Davis to be a young, very unproven coach at this level and not have this kind of phenomenal year one on the field to turn around and do this with Cam Coleman, to do this with, you know, Perry Thompson, um, you know, to get this class that they've already built at wide receiver, I think says a lot. And so, yeah, I mean, Auburn should have won more games this year. They should have been better through the air, and we can all kind of see see that and, and understand that. But the difference between, you know, the last time they went 6-6 six and six in the regular season and this year uh, is that there is a real marked difference in their, on the recruiting trail. And um, you want – it's all about wins and losses, obviously, but, um, you know, you can at least get people to buy into it a little bit more if you just show that you can you can make moves on the recruiting trail. Justin, shifting over to the hardwood now for the Tigers, went up to App State. You made the trip up to Boone, North Carolina, as you mentioned a little bit earlier. Uh, and it was not a good day for the Tigers, losing 69-64 and to App State. Uh, what, what's going on with the with this Auburn team now? It, it's been two performances. I know in a, this past midweek, Janai Broom had a great performance, a 30-point uh, performance, but everybody else kind of seems like it, they've hit some sort of hole there, especially a guy like Aiden Holloway who came out the gates firing. Yeah, no, I think teams have adjusted Auburn. I think, you know, some I asked Bruce after the game on on Sunday in Boone, and he was just like, hey, I think, I think you know, early in the year they don't have a book on you, and now that they've got a few games under their belt, he, he sees that defenses are doing a good job of taking away what Auburn likes and what they've, you know, some of their go-to actions, some of the stuff that got them a lot of offense early on, and now Auburn's got to adjust. They've got to counter. They've got to figure out a way to, you know, kind of make that happen. Uh, you know, on on Saturday against Indiana, um, and also, I mean, I think you know that game was just a just a bunch of missed shots that were open. I mean, you can't sit here and say, "Oh well, Auburn turned the ball over a lot," or "Oh well, Auburn didn't get any good looks." Like, no, they just, they missed a lot of just open shots, um, both from three and at the rim. Like, they just they just couldn't get the ball to go down. And so, you know, you don't want to sit here and say silver linings because you wish you had won the game, but. You know, one thing I will point out is the fact that Auburn's defense kept them in the game and gave them a chance to potentially win uh, says something about how far that defense has come. Because on a day where they shot about as poorly as you could, um, they still had a chance to win. And, like, that says something because App State's not a bad team. This is a top 100 team on Kempom. This is a team that's going to be, you know, pretty well well regarded in the net, one of the better Sunbelt teams, a top mid-major conference. Like, you know, I, I think – I think it's not a bad loss at all. It's a missed opportunity. But if Auburn, you know, has a game where they can't hit anything, including a bunch of wide open shots, and they still, you know, have a chance in it, I think that says a lot about where this team is right now. And I wouldn't expect them to stay down for much longer. They're going, you know, they've got six days between now and they play Indiana. Um, you know, they get to they get to really kind of focus on what they need to change in order to start taking advantage of some things and. I, I do think they'll be able to tweak, and I still think. I mean, it's not like it's not like Auburn. Like I know some people kind of came out of that game on Sunday, and they were like, "Oh, it's the same old Auburn team again. Can't shoot, can't execute late on offense." Okay, sure, yeah, that's what the results say. But you know, first few games of the year, this was a red hot offense. So they've shown the capability of playing better. They just got to figure out the ways what it's going to do to get back to that, find their counterpunch, and just hit some shots. 
Well, Justin, let's expand on uh, what you you kind of touched on there. Tigers get almost a full week off before they play at or play Indiana on a neutral site in Atlanta, uh, a, a site that's kind of been a mixed bag. You, you lost last year to Memphis. Uh, was their I think it was their first loss of the year last year, and then you you've also won games in in State Farm Arena. What does this Tigers team need to do to adjust this week, and, and what type of challenges does Indiana uh, pose for them? Yeah, Indiana's a talented team. Um, they're going to be tested. They play Michigan tonight. Um, the interesting thing is Indiana's is not a shooting team at all. They are one of the worst three-point shooting teams in the country and uh, one of the lowest rates. So they don't take very many. They don't hit very many when they do. So it's not a team that you sit here and just say, unlike App State, you just get you know, worried that they can just get hot out of nowhere and start scoring a ton. Um so I think it is a favorable matchup for Auburn. They will have the home court advantage because they will be in Atlanta. They will have the rest advantage. They will have, and we saw. I mean, last week against Virginia Tech, they had what you know eight nine days between the Alabama A&M and the Virginia Tech game. Really, really well scouted and and you know stayed in front that whole way. They're gonna have a lot of extra rest uh, and and scout time, prep time. Um, you know, compared to Indiana, and I think that's gonna be favorable for them. But they, yeah, they just gotta. You know, Auburn's got to figure out. Uh, some more stuff on offense uh, to get their guards, you know, some better looks, their wings kind of more involved. Um, Janai is playing really well right now, except for at the free throw line. But, you know, he's scoring a lot on the inside and rebounding a ton, and he's playing really, really well. But you need more than that, right? And so um, I think there's a lot of the game from App State. You can just sit there and say, hey, hit a few of those open jumpers and you win, and no one's worried about it. Um, Instead, you lost that game. And so – you know, I think there's some of it where you can say just knock them down next time. They're going to be open. You're still getting good looks. Just hit them. And, but also I do think the more and more teams see Auburn struggle with some of the things that other teams are doing on defense, the more Auburn's going to have to adjust and counter. And I think that's going to be the real challenge because Indiana's a pretty good defensive team. Um, they're going to, they're going to try to, they're going to try to disrupt what Auburn's good at. And so you're going to have to see some different things, some different actions, some different calls, different sets. Uh, to, to kind of get those guys different looks. And then, Justin, one more final football question before we get you out of here. The All-SEC selections were released today. Give us your thoughts on who was included and, and maybe someone who wasn't included. I mean, I thought the AP team was really good. Um, the fact that Marcus Harris got first team really well-deserved. Jalen Simpson, well-deserved. Obviously, Gunnar Britton and Rivalda Fairweather both had good seasons. Those all made sense. Coach's team today, not having Marcus Harris in it at all, you know, having all of Auburn's reps be on the second team, I, I don't get it. I really don't. I don't know how a kid could be, you know, first team, you know, all SEC from the media and be nothing on the coaches. And I mean, it's just, again, coaches' polls and coaches' votes are so stupid to me, always been. Because, I mean, one, they don't know everything, right? They don't watch everybody. And two, I mean, it's usually the SID is doing this anyway. So, like, I, you know, I don't want to toot the media's horn uh, a ton because I'm not like one of those kind of guys. But like, I did think the media team was a lot better from top to bottom. Not only with the players they picked for Auburn, but I just also thought their team just made more sense. Um, and so, I, I do think the media team, you know, that's more representative of the season Auburn had. Mostly because I mean, Marcus Harris had a phenomenal year, and just people, you know, you need to you need to kind of put that into perspective. This is Justin Ferguson joining us from the Auburn Observer. Justin, you guys have a great 2024 football roster tracker right now uh, for yep. the Observer. Talk about that uh, and, and what else you got coming out this week from the Observer. Yeah, if you're a subscriber, you get our roster tracker. So it's a uh, it's a 
sheet, a spreadsheet where you can keep track of everything going on, kind of color-coded and all that for every position. And also we keep track on the website of the transfer targets, who's in, who's out, just a good snapshot of every position. Uh, it's a great resource because if you're you know, having a hard time keeping track of what else is coming and going, it's the best way to kind of look at it and kind of see everything that's going on. And, uh, I mean, I posted that last week, and I've probably updated it like about 40 times already. Um, so, I mean, it's going to be, it's going to get worn out here, um, you know, throughout the off season. So it'll be a key resource to use. And yeah, I wrote a story today on Auburn's defensive backs, uh, for bowl season. I have some more, you know, basketball later in the week, mailbag, uh, podcast, all that good stuff. Go to auburnobserver.com, sign up. It's just $5 a month or $50 a year from now to the end of the year. We're running that December special. So it's a good time to hop on board if you haven't already. And on top of that, if you want to give a gift subscription, uh, this time of year, it's our lowest price to do so. Uh, go to auburnobserver.com and check it out. I was about to say, it makes a great Christmas gift for the Auburn fan in your life if you uh, nope. have not subscribed them yet. Well, Justin, thank you so much for your time. And uh, if you need any book suggestions down the road, my wife's in a book club, so I'm kind of on top of uh, some of the latest and greatest books out there. There you go. I appreciate it. Talk to you all later. Absolutely. Thank you so much, Justin. That was Justin Ferguson joining us from the Auburn Observer here on Sports Call. And that, my friends, is just going to about wrap up our time here for hour number one. Coming up in hour number two, we go back to the orthopedic clinic phone line. Uh, we'll talk more playoff football. We'll talk more Auburn basketball as well as Auburn football. If any news breaks, we'll get to that. Of course, I want to remind everybody before we hit the stop of the hour break that it is a uh, it's a shortened show today. We'll have at least one segment in the 5 o'clock hour, uh, depending on the timing for uh, Smith Station basketball. Uh, that's when we will get off. So sometime in the 5 o'clock hour, uh, we will be getting off the air. So that's going to do it for our first hour of the show here when we come back more of your phone calls right after this you're listening to sports call two hours to go kinda One hour of our show is in the books. We've got more to come. Stay tuned for another hour of Sports Call right after the break. Since 1995, Alabama's sports talk leader, Tiger Communications, proudly presents Sports Call. It's time to join our Sports Call crew as they discuss the latest headlines and happenings around Auburn and the entire sports world. To be part of the show, give us a call at 334-887-3401 locally or toll-free at 1-888-9-TIGER-9. We're taking phone calls all show long and want to talk about whatever you've got on your mind. And now, coming to you live from the loveliest village on the plains, Auburn's first and Auburn's favorite sports talk show, Sports Call. 
Second hour of Sports Call starts right now on this Tuesday. I am Brooks Childress, Tom Peavy, joining me here this afternoon. It is a, uh, a wonderful Tuesday afternoon for Sports Call. Glad you're with us. Sitting in for Ryan LaVoy today is myself. I'm usually on Tuesday shows with Tom, but there's usually a third member here. But he'll be back tomorrow for a brand new edition of Sports Call uh, for you. As we get started here in hour number two, we'll go back to the Orthopedic Clinic phone line. All of our sports call callers and guests join us on the Orthopedic Clinic phone line. The Orthopedic Clinic has been serving the people of East Alabama since 1971 and is your go-to center for orthopedic care. Visit them online today at the ortho, at the orthoclinic.com for more information. We hit the Orthopedic Clinic phone line now, and it is... Ward Dam Steve. Retired Ward Dam Steve joining us this afternoon. Steve, how are you doing today? Hey, guys. I'm... Doing rather uh, good, uh, considering uh, yesterday was my first day of carrying uh, our grievances. So this is day two, Tom, thank you again for uh, your comments. I really uh, enjoyed uh, the, the comments made by Mr. Justin Ferguson about the basketball team because that was one of my grievances there. Uh, and uh, but I'll get that a little later. So this is day two, yes, of airing grievances. Okay, I'll try to make it much more succinct than I have been able to do in the past. All right, so I heard all the comments from the Alabama uh, callers, okay? So let me start with that. I've got some problems with you people, and now you're going to hear about them. All right. Now, you guys, I'm talking about you, Luke, and Anthony and Keith. I thought you guys were better than this. But the contortions and the pretzel logic that was used by you guys to justify uh, Alabama deserving to be in the – uh, uh, playoffs is just a stunning. And here's what I'll start with. Okay, first, um, Luke, let's go to you, because I think you were first. Uh, you made uh, some observations that uh, you said uh, obviously should uh, matter more, have more value, and somehow uh, made Alabama more deserving than Florida State. One of those being strength of schedule. Okay, if that's really what you're going with, then uh, what explains the committee, knowing what the Swedish schedule has been for the entire season, never once elevating Alabama in anywhere near uh, the top four. In fact, they were seven or eight most of the, uh, the year, and they never once dropped Florida State, knowing what their schedule was. Right, guys? That's correct. Okay, that's a fact. That's not my, that's not my, my opinion at all. But that's what the committee thought, right? Yeah. Hey, well, and... That's one of the weird things with what that final decision was. I mean, they even with even with the quarterback being out, they still kept Florida State up there at that four spot. So, I mean, if it was such a big deal at the end of the year, then why did they keep them there to begin with? Well, I'm just pointing out the justification that uh, one of the one of the justifications that Luke used was strength of schedule. Well, apparently that really didn't matter uh, to the committee because if it had mattered, then they wouldn't have kept. Florida State in the top four the entire season. Okay, next. And then another uh, item. Uh, Luke, you brought up, well, you know, Florida can't help it, but they're in a weak conference uh, this year. Uh, well, so what? That is not supposed to be a relevant factor. Uh, the SEC was really weak this, this season, as far as I'm concerned. Um, when you've got woeful teams, 6-6 uh, six and six Auburn, that almost takes uh, – they should have taken Alabama to a loss uh, and barely lost by three points. And then at Tuscaloosa, uh, a woeful Arkansas team uh, barely lost by a field goal that we clobbered. 
at their place. Okay, uh, so we're not going to take the account that the SEC is not that strong this year either, but somehow Florida State uh, is responsible and accountable for, because their conference is weak. No, that shouldn't have any relevancy. Uh, and those are to, to me. But I was really struck, Luke, by your comment that this was a faux travesty. Well, here's what I would ask of you, then, Luke. If you're that convinced that this was a fake travesty uh, about Florida State being left out, would you have the courage and the willingness to then say that to the Florida State players and to their coach, Mike Norval, in person? Good luck. Yeah. Okay, now let's go down the other list. Uh, gee, uh, Anthony, you come up with the justification where, look how long uh, the uh, SEC has been winning you know, national champions, and look how long uh, and how many Alabama's won. Okay, so name brand apparently is apparent to you is, is meaningful and relevant. Well, that's not supposed to work, though, uh, Anthony. This year has nothing to do with last year or the years before. This year is independent of any of those factors. Am I flawed in my logic there, guys? No, and, and the, the playoff committee even said uh, in the, the article that I quoted earlier from Heather Dennett from ESPN, they even said that they did not look, they did not once have a conversation about, uh, oh, we, we can't leave the SEC out. Like it was, it, they, they didn't, they, they look at uh, team, individual teams, not conferences being left out. Okay. And then, Keith. Uh, you made some sort of allusions. Well, you know, the Alabama really the most deserving. So I want I want to take that most deserving phrase, and I want to really uh, I, I want to spell it because that's a myth. In any sport, what has been earned should be all that matters. Yeah. Uh, what the, the thing is, though, is I, I don't know, Tom, we, me, and, me and you have both said this, and uh, I think Grant said it yesterday, too. There are three teams that could have been in that fourth spot, Alabama, Florida State, and Georgia, and I think all of them were deserving to be there. Yeah. No, I disagree. And here's where I'm up. You guys are invited to, to, to challenge me on all this. Right. The only teams that should have been in competition for that fourth place should have been Alabama and Texas. Why? Because first, I take all the undefeated teams in the Power Five, and that was Florida State. Okay? They were in the top four the entire season. Okay? They were undefeated. Okay? They did everything they were asked to do. They won their conference championship. They remained undefeated. They even had a backup quarterback uh, that they had to contend with. All right? They even beat two SEC teams. And they weren't cupcake teams. They weren't Vanderbilt. Right. Okay. All right. So, from my perspective, I was on the committee. That's who takes the third position. The fourth spot now should be between not Florida State and Alabama, but between Texas and Alabama. Why? Because both of them were with one loss. Both of the teams also were the conference champions for their respective conferences. So, if that's the case. If they both have losses, then what do we go to? Head-to-head competition. And who wins out? Texas. Texas beat Alabama. Alabama didn't beat Texas. So who's the most deserving? You know, what's, what do you go by? What's the nerd on the field should be all that matters. I'm, I'm listening, guys. 
All right. Uh, so let let's go back to the the criteria of of the playoff. And I'm I'm not I am not going to argue that that Florida State shouldn't be in because I think for an undefeated conference champion, undefeated Power Five conference champion, should be. So in. they're in. They're one, two, and three. Those are filled. Yeah. Now we've got two teams to contend. But unfortunately, the committee didn't see it that way for uh, some inexplicable reason. I think I may know it. I think my my reasoning is they decided what they decided, and they fit the narrative to defend it, okay? But now you've got, to me, the legitimate competition should be between Texas and Alabama. Give me your take, guys. I mean, if you are going by, let, let, if you're going by what the, you know, the, the committee has put out all year long, right, it would it make sense, I, I would say it would make sense to go with that, with, with the, the scenario you threw out there where it should be Michigan, Washington, Florida State, and Texas, because those are all conference champions, the one-loss conference champions would have gone head-to-head already with Texas winning the game. Now, when you look at the end of the year, though, what what they actually went by, and the you know you you put that Florida State, and you say, oh, you reevaluate. All right, fine. Well, there's three teams that should be in that conversation. Then this last, or there's four teams that should be in conversation in the conversation. Uh, Georgia included because they lost one game and it was the conference championship game. They won all the rest of their games this year. Yeah, but they lost. But they, they, lost. they did, and so that's a knock, and that's a knock against them. Uh, you, you've got Alabama, you've got Texas, you've got them as the uh, one-loss conference champions. They both won their their games fairly convincing, or I'd say fairly okay. convincingly. Okay, well, let me, let, me, let me pause you there. All right. Okay, and throughout the whole damn season, the committee never once placed Alabama above ten, Texas. And you know, Texas was always above Alabama. And I, I think the, the the rankings, and you know, Luke brought this up. I think it was the I think it was Luke that brought it up yesterday. Um, that the uh, you know, when you have these these rankings, that that's the reason why you shouldn't do the rankings all year. Uh, no, 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 no. Hold on, I take issue with that, my right. friend. Okay, it shouldn't matter whether those rankings are made public or not. The committee knows who they wanted. But so you, you to see, me, it's irrelevant. The, the thing take, is, whether if, it was made public, who they thought shouldn't or shouldn't be, they knew who they wanted to rank above and who. Whether we know it or not is irrelevant what the committee thought and we just happen to know what the committee thought they made it public well, the thing is though is they when they they ranked florida state above and they kept ranking them above why would you know why would they have gone against what they ranked then and you know, they moved it down the, the thing is is if you consistently ranked let's say you consistently ranked you know florida state above georgia right and and you know you you put them there at the the last uh, the rankings you say Florida State's above Georgia, well you you look at that and you say hey all right you you went this perceived notion with the the rest of the playoff and said all right you think this is going to be a good matchup is Florida State a better team than Georgia I think most people are going to say no I think most people are going to look at those two rosters look at how they they've played on the field this year and you're going to say Georgia's a better football team why'd you rank them but above them we then? Go, excuse me see I'm tired of this do you think. It doesn't matter what I think. Remember what I said earlier? What has been earned should be all that matters. And sure. you said that too, Tom. Yeah. I'm tired of thinking, well, if I knows Alabama's better than Auburn, uh, hell, uh, damn Vegas thought we were 14 points, you know, uh, worse uh, than Alabama, didn't they? 13 half points, underdog. But we almost won the damn game. And we shouldn't even been in, in, in the conversation. According to Vegas... Uh, Alabama should have mopped the field with us. Yeah, no, but it didn't happen. So what you think is not 
what you should go by. Uh, that's all I'm going by, guys. But, well, then, what you did on the field should be all that matters. Then should Liberty be ranked at number six? No, because they played no damn Power 5 teams. They had a cupcake schedule that Auburn would have been undefeated. But they won all their games. But wait a minute. Those, those games, if you look at strength of schedule, uh, were, were horrific. But Georgia's strength of schedule is better than Florida State's strength of schedule. Okay. But who they have ranked? Number one, it wasn't Florida State. It was Georgia the entire season. Sure. But okay. why is Florida so, State ranked so above them see, now? You see, do you see how inconsistent all of their narratives have been? That's what I'm, I'm pointing yeah. out. There's nothing objective about the uh, committee's uh, decisions. They're so flawed, they used uh, pressure logic and, and, in their decision-making. And I'm a, still saying Florida State deserved. They deserved to be one of the Final Four teams. Yeah. They should have been between Texas and Alabama, and Alabama should have been knocked out that, because that, Texas beat Alabama. And I don't think any of us here in the studio are arguing that Florida State shouldn't have been put in. I'm, I think whatever, you know, what everybody's... No, because I'm hearing from Luke, I'm hearing from Keith, that it was Alabama that deserved it because they are the best team. Well, I don't care if you think they're the best team. They didn't earn it. Sure. Uh, I think, you. Well, again, going back to this, nobody, I don't think anybody, me, Brant was on yesterday, Tom's sitting in the studio with me right now, I don't think anybody in the studio is saying that Florida State didn't deserve to be in that top four. I think we all think, well, I think we're all of that opinion that Florida State deserved a chance to be in the top four. The The problem I think we all have, and I think a lot of people have, is that the because of the rankings, you continue to they they continue to put Florida State in a spot where you're like, all right, so they should be here. Well, no, they're actually Alabama's better. Okay, well then they're they're you know here at number five instead. Well, Georgia's actually better. Then why are they at five? Well, we didn't want them to we didn't want to embarrass the the ACC even anymore, or we didn't want to make them feel bad about about it. And it, it's more of it, I think it's more of a problem with the playoff committee where they keep you know where they put Florida State and where they you know kept moving around and all their criteria, and then they go against some of their criteria. And finally, because I'm going to go now, <laughs> uh, how in the world does a number 18 jump over everybody else to get into the top four? Well, they never, they were actually in the bottom group of four. Uh, they were never even, they, you can't say, well, they were in the top four for a little bit, Steve. No, they were never in the top four, yeah. never. I, I, and I think the only thing that could justify that is you beat the number one team, and so you jump up a little bit. And the number one team gets rewarded for crap. Yeah. Because they happen to lose the unfortunate game that apparently the, the committee valued valued more. Okay, great, Alabama. You won the national conference. But by the way, you know what? Another team won their conference with one loss, just like you, and they beat your butt. Yeah. Okay, so that's it. My grievances uh, are over with. Now, and, and you know, got, see, the, the best part about all this is that next year – it, everybody's going to get in. That's that's the that's the best part about it, and that's I think that's one of the reasons why they took this chance and you know moved you know didn't put Florida State in and and put Alabama up there and everything because they knew this is the last year of the fourteen playoff. We know they knew people were going to get mad at them for a little bit, but everybody was going to watch the games here in a, in a month, be you know excited to watch this football. It's going to be really good football, and then next year we're putting twelve teams in. Yeah, All conference champions that. get in. We don't no longer have to make that decision. And about that, guys, you know, Luke, I've heard numerous times uh, challenged by, I, I wanted a 12-team, but Luke thought it would water down and make uh, the competition uh, weaker. I said, no, no. I, I think it would be more of a, a, 
a level playing field. Otherwise, uh, you know, why do we have in the NCAA basketball team 64 teams? You know, if you're going to do what the college football playoff committee apparently is doing is, well, you know, here's who we think, then, hell, you know, in the uh, NCAA uh, uh, basketball tournament, why don't we just start off with Duke, North Carolina, Kansas, Arizona, and then we'll make them number one seeds without the seeds having haven't been played. Why don't we just – well, they can do, just do that using uh, the logic the Alabama fans are using. Why don't we do that, right? Listen, it, it's that that's what a that, that's what a lot of people are, are you know that, that that's another thing that people are mad about is that it, it just feels like they didn't it, the committee didn't look at what happened on the field, um, but you know the the twelve team playoff is coming and I'll tell you what if, if there's you know I, I know there's been, there are people out there that are not happy about it uh, like you mentioned Steve but the fact that there were you know eight teams at the end of the year that were in contention for a, a playoff spot this year with those top four. Uh, you know, I'm throwing Ohio State in there because they were ranked up there in the top eight to, at the end of the year. Uh, that, that it means you're going to have some really good football next year. I know the first round, you know, you may get a couple clunkers in that first round game because there, there's a team that's clearly better than another team. But one, well, you'll get teams that have two losses. Yeah, and it's, let's say you know, let's say next year you get a a, a you know a, a matchup of you know, let's say Liberty goes undefeated again and goes, you know, they, they get that group of five spot and then uh, they play Ohio State. Well, Ohio State could thump Liberty. Sure. Great. They got in. That's fine. Well, guess what? Next round they play Alabama and that's going to be a really good football game to go into a, a, a semifinal matchup. Steve, let me tell you this. I'm going to go ahead and give you my prediction. This is exactly what's going to happen. Alabama's going to beat Michigan. Texas is going to beat Washington. Alabama's going to beat Texas in a rematch and win a national title. And then everybody's going to go, see, we got it right. You watch. No. You watch. You watch. You watch. That's exactly what's going to happen. Because Alabama should never have a chance in this situation. And Georgia Georgia will beat Florida State by 21 points. And so everybody will be like, we we think that. We got it. I know. But I also thought that New Mexico State uh, was going to be trounced. By oh, I know. Oh, I know. Uh, and, they sure did. No, I know. And Stephen, and, and I know. And that's why I don't like, I don't like the committee making these games off of what they assume is going to happen. You have to, you have to make it with what is right in front of you, not assumptions, but actual facts. And the fact is, FSU deserved to be in there. Alabama did not. However, you watch how this shakes out. Alabama is going to win the national title mainly because you know. That's just what's going to happen with Auburn fans. I mean, you, you you think as soon as you think they're out of it, they're right back in it, and then they're going to win a title. Throw it in Auburn fans' faces. So go ahead and prepare for that. It, it, that's how it's going to shake out. Alabama will win the national title, and then everybody will go see. Well, they the committee got it right. You you would have held out the national champion, the the eventual national champion. You would have held them out for a Florida State team that got beat by twenty one. So see, we got it right. And then on top of that, you're going to have to deal with Bama having a national title. So go ahead and mark it down. Bama's going to beat Michigan. Texas is going to beat Washington. And Bama will take it, will knock down Texas in a rematch. And that's how it's going to shake out. Okay, I'm writing it down now. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Okay. And, 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 Georgia's, and Georgia is going to absolutely destroy Florida State. If I was, if I was Jeff, as a Georgia fan, I'd be livid right now that uh, we got put down. And I mean, the entire season, the entire season was all for naught. Yeah, 
I mean, yeah, is I, I I hate to just say it is what it is, but I mean that's I, I yeah, I I just I feel bad for the Florida State kids that did everything that the committee told them that they were supposed to do. The quote unquote win and you're in. No, that's what they did, even with a backup, uh, yeah, and then fair. even with a third string. And, and I'm just stunned again, Luke, that you used the, 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 that, that phrase, uh, faux travesty. No, this is not a fake travesty, unless you want to tell that to those players who played their hearts out. You know, uh, if they knew that it wasn't going to matter that they won the, the conference, then, uh, gee, they should have been told that. All right, uh, guys, uh, you know, uh, speaking of, uh, I got some problems with you people. <laughs> I'd love to tell the the, 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 the basketball players, especially Denver Jones and Aiden Holloway, what the heck, guys? Three of 27? Yeah, not a good shooting day on Sunday. And let's don't stop there, because I'm hoping that was an anomaly. Because, you know, guys, I asked you, was this just an outlier? You know, the, the previous game that we uh, were so horrendous? No, now I think it's five of 29. I forgot what it is now. Uh, guys, you know, is this a coaching issue? Because I asked my son that. He says it's a coaching issue. Uh, because Denver Jones was almost like 47% uh, from three points uh, when he – when he played the last season, and so you just don't lose that skill set uh, uh, that, that 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 badly, do you? It's a coaching, right? Let, uh, I think that you know you, you look at Denver Jones and and Bruce talked about it all all off season that they were uh, trying to get him to a more complete player. They're trying to mold him a little bit more. So I wouldn't blame it on on coaching. I would say it, it may just be he's still having a hard time adjusting to his new uh, to his new role and new skill set of of not just being the guy that's going to go out there and shoot the basketball. I, I think it, it it's kind of a little bit of him trying to adjust to to being a player that can go everywhere on the court uh, and, and that they've been trying to work on him all offseason. And that affects your ability to go over whatever he went for? I think he only made one in a three-point three shot, didn't he? Uh, on Sunday, he did not hit anything. It was 0 for, that anything. That's right. It yeah. was 0 for 5 on field goals, 0 for 3 from three points. I mean, you know, you, you think about that, you, you it can, you know, uh, athletes are, are weird. It, you get you start messing with them a little bit, and, uh, and and they start getting in their own heads a little bit. You don't hit a shot. He just need here. He just needs a couple three balls to go down here in these next couple games, and he starts to get that that confidence back into him. You think uh, Bruce might sit him uh, sitting on the bench for a while? Um, he, they may bring him off. I, I think they'll bring him off the bench. I, I think they, that could be. I don't think they'll just sit him down and you know say, "Oh, you're not playing." I think there's a chance that they could uh, could bring him off the bench, but. You know, uh, you know, it, it just depends on what type of matchup they're going for, and especially against a, a, real, a pretty decent Indiana team on Saturday. Okay, well, I just hope this is not a uh, foreboding, you know, uh, trend here. And then sometimes, uh, right. you know, sometimes you, they may just be leaving him into that starting spot because you know you got to work him out of it. Sometimes you just need him to, to get a hit a shot and and work his way out of this little funk. All right, moving on, guys. Uh, here's a really. I can't believe this one. This is astonishing me. Did you know who Sports Illustrated picked as your sports person of the year? Uh, wasn't it uh, Lionel Messi? No. No, it was Deion Sanders. Oh, that's right. Sports Mr. Illustrated. Flaflack. Time, time said it was Lionel Messi. Time's Mr. Per- Aflac. That's right. And I'm saying, are you serious? Now, you guys may think he deserved it. I said, how did you not consider maybe, um, gee, the coach for Northwestern who had to contend with all kind of crap? Yeah. And what he accomplished? and all the obstacles that he had to overcome and keep that team together. Uh, 
I what think, about him, guys? I think you can make a case for Dion because of the way he brought uh, just a, a, an astonishing amount of attention to that program. I mean, you look at it, uh, what Fox's Big Noon Saturday uh, show was there for three straight weeks. College Game Day went there once. It was the attention that was brought on there. Now you look at the, the results on the field uh, after his, you know, after those first couple weeks. Probably not. There's a. I think there's a case to be made for him. Do I think he should have won it? Probably not. I think there's more deserving people out there. Uh, when who you, would look, you pick? Gosh, I don't know who. Do you know who they were? They were considering. No, I didn't even know the list, Tom. Did, do you know who who was the, the contenders that they I, looked at? I, honestly, I have no idea. Um, sports person. I mean, I, I, again, I think there's a case for Dion just because of the attention he brought to Colorado. Obviously, the results on the field uh, probably would have knocked that away. Um, Time, as I mentioned, time went Lionel Messi. Uh, I think that could be a really good pick because of the the captivation he brought to him to the the MLS this year when he came over. Um, and like his his matches in in uh, in Atlanta was sold out, uh, and before it was even announced he was going to be there, and then he didn't even play in it. And so that's how uh, uh, astonishing that was. So I'd I'd consider him. Um, gosh, I don't even know who else is, it, had a, had big sports performances this year. Um, Okay, I just would say anybody for me sure. than Mr. Affleck. I just, I mean, come on, you know, all that hype and everything and uh, all the crap he was doing. Uh, I don't know. I just didn't get it. I thought, hey, aren't there more deserving people? I mean, I thought immediately about the the, the coach, the interim coach, who who had to take over the the, the team with all the, uh, the, the 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 charges against the team and uh, the the allegations that uh, I had to contend with. And it, wow. Because, uh, you know, primetime didn't have to contend with any of that stuff. Yeah. Okay. All right. Speaking of uh, just shocking uh, and, and uh, really, I can't figure this one out. Another grievance here. How did Alice McPherson not make anybody's SEC team as a kicker? I think the best the best explanation uh, I saw, and, you know, we, we asked uh, Justin Ferguson about the list, and he didn't really mention McPherson not being on there. Uh, but uh, he he did put on Twitter the fact that McPherson is so young, and the two guys that made the the list were uh, seniors in the SEC. Uh, and you know, I, I think McPherson's time is coming. I think you're you're really gonna in these next few years when he's the when he's the kind of the the veteran kicker of the league, uh, you're gonna see him get more recognition there. But uh, I think that the fact that these two guys uh, that made it were were senior kickers, they've been in the league a while. Uh, and, a while, and, you know, the Alabama kicker. Six years he took him yeah. to college. What he had college? Six years, and Mr. Daniel Carson did it in four years. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I, but I mean, it, he. We've got more years with him. Yes, hope that eventually those those awards will come. But I, I, I mean, I don't agree with a guy that's perfect on the year. Uh, I feels like a lot of those awards are career awards and not just what you did for the season. That's what I thought. I thought it was supposed to be for the season. Yeah. Well, that's what it's supposed to be, but a lot of times it's not. What about punter? Did our guy not even uh, get uh, sniffed at? I I, 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 yeah, I yeah. don't know. I, but hey, you know what? I I would rather not our I would rather our punter not be winning awards because that means that he's not punting a lot. If your punter uh, okay. is if your punter is winning awards, that means he punts a lot, and that's usually not a good thing. Okay, yeah, fair, fair point there. All right, and then Marcus Harris. I don't know how he got left off. I heard that just person's up. Sorry, that one too. Yeah, um, but uh, who knows? Uh, finally, guys, the really uh, just let me sit down and ask myself: 
where did I go wrong in my career? The Milwaukee Brewers, have you seen this one? Have not. Have signed top outfield prospect Jackson Chirillo, is that his name? Uh, possibly. Yeah, that's his name. To a record-breaking contract extension, the team announced Monday, at the age of the, the, the great age of 19, he's going to be guaranteed, hold on, $82 million. Wow, that's a lot of money. Over eight years. They're really high on him. Well, we don't stop there, guys. With a couple of club options attached that could push his deal valued to more than $140 million. Really high on that kid. He's, he hasn't set foot yet. Hadn't played a lick with the Milwaukee Brewers yet. Okay? Now, by the way, this also says, uh, this comes from uh, CBS, it, it shatters the record for the largest contract ever signed by a player before making their Major League Baseball debut. Wow. The record had belonged to Chicago White Sox outfielder Luis Robert. That is, that is a lot of money for a kid that hasn't played in the big leagues yet. Yeah, he only played six games, by the way, in the minors. Wow. Wow. So, uh, welcome to the, uh, the universe that uh, we'll ever be a part of, right? <laughs> yeah. At the age of 19, guys. Yeah. That's uh, nine years younger than me? Ten years younger than me? Well, as Jose Canseco would say, baseball's been very good to me. Yeah, absolutely. Very good. Okay. Hey, I'm through with my grievances, guys. All right. So, uh, thank you very much for allowing me to uh, uh, tell people, hey, Y'all need to shape up. <laughs> All right. Does that, mean the, guys, have a, does that mean the feats of strength is tomorrow, Steve? The feats of strength, yes. All right. So you guys need to go at it. All right. will be on, on the show. I'll, I'm, you, I'm ready. Ryan? It, it's going to be Ryan and Cam and uh, then and Tom you. tomorrow. Yep. Okay. Do you have a poll? Uh, we don't have a Festivus poll yet, so we'll have to get one. Okay. Well, maybe you might go to Phoenix City, Columbus, Georgia, and get uh, <laughs> maybe the adult entertainment places. They might have a poll for you. Um, All right. With that, guys, as I know it's a family uh, <laughs> show. So with that, thank you for your time. My time is way, way up. And uh, love you guys. War Eagle. War Eagle, Steve. That was retired War DM Steve joining us on the Orthopedic Clinic phone line. Let's hit a break. When we come back, back to the Orthopedic Clinic phone line. Luke is hanging on. We'll get to you right after this break. to call into the show send us your thoughts via email you've got mail sports call at the tiger.fm i'm Britt bowen voice of auburn women's basketball and auburn softball you're listening to sports call on tiger 95.9 Welcome back to Sports Call on a Tuesday. I am Brooks Shoulders. Tom Peavy joining me here in studio. We've had a great show for you so far. If you missed any of it, make sure you go back and listen to it on the Sports Call podcast brought to you by our friends at Coca-Cola, wherever you get your podcasts. Enjoy a nice cold Coca-Cola to go along with the hottest sports talk. Coca-Cola, taste the feeling. Tom, how do you feel about Alvin and the Chipmunks? I, I used to watch them when I was a kid. Were you? Did you? Uh, when you grew up, did you have a little CD of their Christmas music? I don't think I ever. I did. That. It was yeah. amazing. I don't think I, I. I very well could have. Actually, I think my. If any, my sister probably would have had that. I don't think I. Okay. Had. 
I had the CD and we loved listening right. to it. Um, Christmas, Christmas. Yeah. Yeah. That's one, that one. And then yeah. my two front teeth. Oh, yeah. That was great stuff. I just wanted to bring that up because it's the holiday season. We've been talking a lot of, of football stuff, so I just wanted to get off track for a second because we're known for doing that. And now we'll get back on track. Uh, coming back to the Orthopedic Clinic phone line, 334-887-341, locally, toll-free, 888-9-TIGER-9. Let's go back to the Orthopedic Clinic phone line here as we have a few minutes left in the hour, and it is... Luke from Alex City. Luke is joining us. Luke, how are we doing this afternoon? Uh, doing a lot better than Steve, I think. He seems rather <laughs> upset. Um, listen, I said this yesterday. I didn't even want to call back about it because, honestly, it is It's getting a little ridiculous. To con- nothing's going to change. And couple of things. First of all, when it comes to the faux outrage, I don't mean the faux outrage from Florida State. Of course they're disappointed. Of course Mike Norville's mad. Of course Jordan Travis is hurt. I get that and I sympathize with them. I'm talking about your faux outrage, Steve. What are you so mad about? This has nothing to do with you. And um, just let it go and, and deal with it because it's happening. There's nothing you can do to change it. And in terms of uh, can't justify the committee's ranking, I can't do that. Uh, why they had Florida State in there, after the injury, honestly, I don't know. I mean, they probably the, – my, my guess, my, my rationale, and I, I, I'm not in the room. I don't understand. But um, is they had Florida – if you remember, I think they had Florida State three, and then I think they moved them back to four around the time of the injury. And, and they even so moved them like, to five okay. at some point. Yeah, they think they moved them even to five. You're right. And so I guess they were saying, look – what we want to do, we got about two games to see how Florida State's going to do with these backup quarterbacks. And we saw, and it wasn't great. Now, again, you want to talk about making a judgment and what we think is going to happen? Well, Steve, by your rationale, Liberty should be in. They did everything they were supposed to do, go 13-0. and And then your argument is, well, they didn't play any Power 5. That's true, but how do we know they won't win, Steve? We don't know it. We don't know it. Just like in the NCAA tournament, Mercer beat Duke one year. Uh, last year, Purdue as a one seed went out. So, and and guess what? Next year, when you you were just basically disparaging Liberty, next year they get in, and and I'm a hundred percent that they shouldn't. I don't care how many games they win because I am a believer in strength of schedule, but I'm a hundred percent saying they shouldn't. But by your own rationale. You talk about your pretzel logic. That that's what it is. That's the definition of it. Um, and here's the other thing. I can I can make this. I'm going to say this very slowly so we understand. He said, "How did Alabama go from eight to four? It's very simple. First of all, oh, anybody Texas and Alabama, if they win, they're going to jump over Ohio State. I think everybody's okay with that. Ohio State didn't play in the championship game. They had lost to Michigan. I think everybody gets that." So Texas and Alabama win, so they obviously move up in front of them. Oregon lost. They were the number five. Now they have two losses. They go back of Alabama and Texas. Uh, Now what you've got is Alabama, Georgia, uh, and, let's see, Texas, and Florida State, of course. Well, you're going to put Alabama ahead of Georgia the same way you're going to put Texas ahead of Alabama. I don't think there's any doubt about that. They won the head-to-head. That rationale certainly checks out. So then it comes down to, all right, who are you going to put in? And what you say is, okay, I'm going to lay out the criteria, and the criteria is, you know, we got we look at strength of schedule. And, yes, Steve, at Florida State did beat two SEC schools. And, yes, one of them was terrible. Florida is not going to a bowl game. 
They are not good, not good at all. And by the way, Florida had their backup quarterback too. That should be noted. Um, and they had the lead for a good portion of that game. So the, Florida's not good. Then you talk about LSU being a good win. I agree. It's a great win. It's Alabama's third best win. Alabama also beat Georgia, who's ranked ahead of them, way ahead of them, been ranked ahead of them all year. And they beat Ole Miss, who beat LSU, by the way, and uh, also beat LSU. So, and, and also, Alabama played Texas, who's also in the, co- the college football playoff. And I think the bottom line is, and this, again, is why there's such faux outrage. It's, there's no reason to be all up in arms about this. It is, there's, there, there's rationale behind Alabama getting in. There's rationale behind Georgia getting in. There's rationale behind Texas getting in uh, and, and Florida State getting in. The thing was, only two of them were going to make it. That's it. And when you start breaking it down, I think people – I mean, if, again, if it were up to me, I probably would have Georgia in there. I don't understand why they don't. I do think Georgia is one of the best teams in the country. And I'm an Alabama fan that just saw them get beat by Alabama. And I don't even think – by the way, I don't think Alabama played their best game. I don't think Georgia did either. And I would also say this, that I know there's some people saying, well, McConkey was a little banged up and so was Brock Bowers. That's also true. I, I have no problem reminding people that in the 2021 National Championship game, Alabama was without both his best receivers. And that certainly hurt. So that's part of it. Um but when you look at this and, and you say, okay, I mean, I, I get why some people would put Florida State in. I have no problem. If Florida State had made it, I promise you I'm not calling this show going, this is a travesty, this is the worst thing ever happened. But I think it's also wrong for people to go, this is the worst thing that ever happened that Florida State didn't get in. And, and if, if you think it was, so be it. I'm just saying I, I don't think it's nearly as bad as people think. And for those that say they did all they could do, I say so did Liberty. And then people love to bring up, well, they didn't play any Power Fives. And uh, I say, well, how do we know how good they are if they hadn't played any Power Fives? We hadn't seen them do it yet. So, again, if you if you want to say Florida State should be in or Georgia should be in, I, that's completely understandable. Being uh, irate about it, as he sounds, is just silly. And, and you know, Luke, I, I think, you know, we, we look at it and we, we told Steve this. Uh, everybody that's set in the studio this week, I think, does, thinks and and believes that Florida State had a had a like you said, Florida State had a had a uh, case to be in. Yep. Alabama had a case to be in. Georgia, Georgia had a case to be in, and Texas had a case to be in. Yep. And there was two spots there, so somebody had to get left out. I think you know, and, and it's like it, it, you know, I think it's really, and I, I've said it on the, the a little bit earlier. The the biggest thing is it's and it, because it had never happened before that a, a power five, undefeated power five conference champion had been left out. I think that's where a lot of people are uh, mo- at least mildly upset about it. I don't think anybody okay, out there me, is... Let is, me, is, is, let uh, me retort. Okay. You're right. That's never happened before. You know what else has never happened before? A number one seed doesn't make the playoffs even after a loss yeah. on the final weekend. That's true. You know what, uh, I mean, so the, there were unprecedentedness all over the place. There was a lot of – it was a weird year. And when you do have four spots and, and five conference champions and, and some at-larges that are good, uh, that's going to be something that happens. Um, and so we're going to 12. Again, I was not for it. I have no problem saying that. But, see, that's why I'm not going to have this faux outrage because it's happening. There's nothing I can do about it. So I'm embracing it. I'm like, okay, bring it on. This will be fun. The problem I do have with it is next year Liberty is going to get in. So the team that Steve just said has no business being in the conversation 
will now not only be in the conversation, they're going to be, they would be in it this yeah. year. And I think, personally, for me, that's a problem. The good news is that what just happened, apparently there's been some kind of proposal that uh, only teams with re- the X amount of resources will be able to compete for various titles, and I'm all for that. Because at this point, we have begun moving more and more towards the NFL model, and Auburn will be a part of that. Alabama will be a part of that. LSU, in fact, I was kind of surprised to see, I think every single SEC team would be a part of this. Missouri, Vanderbilt, Mississippi State, they were all would have made the cut, which is a little bit weird to me, but great. Um, and so some of these other teams, like a West Virginia, by by the way, uh, they they don't make the cut, and they won't be able to play for this particular, the biggest prize of them all. And frankly, again, I'm okay with that because there's no doubt in my mind at the University of Alabama, Auburn University, LSU, they put more resources and effort and money and time and blood and sweat and tears into their football programs, and they they have they get to see the fruits of those labor, of that labor. They get to see results. They get they get the brand recognition. And so, why should Liberty get to come in and steal away from that? That's that's my argument on that. And one more thing, I want to correct. I'm not sure who said this. I think Steve said it, and maybe one of you guys. You keep saying winning your end. The committee never, ever, ever, ever said that. They wouldn't have the cojones to say something like that because it makes no sense because they can't promise that. Um, now, whatever, now, other media members said that, sure. Winning your end, winning your end, and people believe that. But I promise you, the committee, Boo Kerrigan, none of those folks ever said, when are your games in your end? There's no way they'd say that. There's no way they'd say that definitively. Well, Luke, we got a we got a break coming up here in just a moment. Uh, you got any final thoughts? Before we have to let you go. No, I, I appreciate it, guys. I just I just had to defend myself no. there for a minute. I guess. Listen, we know Steve comes on here. He calls you, Anthony, Keith out, and so we know y'all got, you're going to call in. And we love had to take the phone calls. Well, uh, Luke, thanks for calling in. Good luck at the uh, Super Seven this week, and have some good. Co- which games are you calling this week? Uh, I've got three A and four A. Uh, they don't have quite as many like superstar prospects, but they, those games are always a lot of fun and competitive. 4A is usually the best game, it seems like, every year. 3A, too, and Madison Academy being back there, I certainly enjoy that. Of course, mm-hmm. on Johnson went there, so I know a lot of Auburn people remember him. And uh, Boy, but that 7A game tomorrow, y'all need to tune in for that. That's going to be a thing. Absolutely. Well, thank, thank you, Luke, for the call. We'll talk to you again next time. All right, guys. Have a great day. That was Luke joining for us from Alex City on the Orthopedic Clinic phone line. And that, my friends, is going to wrap up hour number two. We've got an abbreviated version of hour number three coming up next. Uh, we'll at least have one segment here in the hour, so make sure you get your phone calls in, uh, 334-887-341 locally, toll-free, 1-888-9-TIGER-9. Smith Station basketball coming up here in a little under an hour over on our sister station, FM Talk 93.9. Uh, but we've got one more segment at least to go here on this Tuesday edition of Sports Call. So get your calls in 334-887-341 locally or toll-free 1-888-9-TIGER-9. When we come back, 5 at 5, Nightly TV Got It, and more right after this.
Two hours of sports call are finished. Don't touch that radio dial. We've got one more hour to go. Whether you're leaving work, cruising around town, or listening on demand, we've still got some fun left for you. To be part of the show, give us a call at 334-887-3401 locally or toll-free at 1-888-9-TIGER-9. Auburn's first and Auburn's favorite sports talk show has been on the air since 1995 and is ready for 60 more minutes of fun. Now, let's get this hour of Sports Call started. Third and final hour, question mark, of Sports Call (laughs) on a Tuesday. Part of. Part of an hour, maybe. Depends on timing down in Smith Station. I'm Brooke Childress. Tom Peavy joining me in studio today. Sitting in for Ryan Lavoie this afternoon. He'll be back tomorrow with a brand new edition of Sports Call. Tom Peavy will be back tomorrow afternoon as well. I will. Cam Berry will be back tomorrow afternoon after a, a little bit of a hiatus from the show, well, i.e. last Friday when he usually is the last time on. A uh, suffering Falcons fan, Cam Berry. You'll, if, you were, if you desperately miss my voice tomorrow on Sports Call, you can hear me in the we final edition. Oh, thank you, Tom. <laughs> Uh, if anybody else out there desperately misses, is going to miss my voice, you can hear me uh, in T.P. Hammock on the final edition of the High School Coaches Show uh, tomorrow night at 6 o'clock right here on Tiger 95.9. We'll lead you into that Super 7 matchup that uh, Luke was talking about on the other side of the break uh, over on our sister station, FM Talk 93.9. Uh, that's the home for the AHSA Super 7 uh, over there here in Lee County. Uh, but we will lead you into that with the final edition of the High School Coaches Show. We've got a lot to talk about from this past week, uh, as well as uh, we'll kind of look at maybe some of the rumors going around of the uh, the new uh, alignment coming up here with the AHSAA, where they uh, re- reclassification, I should say, around the area. So we'll talk all about that. But right now we're talking the sports call. we got a lot to talk about here. Uh, continue to have more a lot to talk about. Uh, and we'll start the hour off, as we do each and every third hour of the show every single day, with our sports call 5 at 5, brought to you by our friends at Southeastern Land Group. Make sure you visit them online at selandgroup.com for more information. Uh, as we, uh, as I've been accustomed to, if I'm on a Tuesday show, my five at five that I always like to go through is the weekend's uh, football ratings from this past weekend for the college football sphere. And so championship weekend, a few less games to go around, uh, but it's the usual suspects on top. So we'll start uh, with number one. Number one, and we're going five to one here in the rankings. So it's our number one, but it's the number five in rankings uh, in ratings this past weekend. It was the ACC title game, uh, 7.3 million viewers, a 3.8 in the rating scale on ABC. Uh, that's right, the uh, still seven million, over 7 million viewers for a, 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 a game that was pretty, kind of a snooze fest, wouldn't you say, Tom? Yeah, uh, I mean, it, well, if you liked defense, it was not a snooze fest. That's true. The FSU's defense was incredible in that game, but yeah, if you're... If you're looking for massive points and and all that, then yeah, it was a snooze fest. But I thought it was a great game because man, Florida State's defense, good lord, they look good. Mm. But yeah, uh, Brock Auburn or Auburn Brock Glenn. I, th- I I think somebody corrected me. I thought Auburn was his middle name. I think Auburn is actually his first name. His middle name is Brock. Okay. So I think it's Auburn Brock Glenn. He looked terrible, <laughs> and yeah, not not good offense, but. A lot of people were watching that because they knew the impact that game yeah, was going to have. Absolutely. And and it did. 
Uh, and then we move on to number two. Number two was the Big 12 championship. That was an 11 a.m. Central Time kick. Uh, 7.89 million viewers on ABC, a 4.4 rating uh, when Texas took down Oklahoma State uh, for the Big 12 title game. Yeah. So a big rating for the 11 o'clock. Yeah. Big, big rating there. Uh, I, somebody. Uh, who, uh, Oh man, somebody was telling me something about Texas, and you're like, you know, well, it, it's just Texas. They don't hold as much weight as they. I had to, whoa, whoa, whoa. What are you talking about? They don't hold yeah. as much weight. It's like, that's Texas. Like, th- the state of Texas alone holds weight. Yeah. Now, if, yeah, if it was like Texas Tech or Baylor or TCU, yeah, maybe not, but it's Texas. That's it's right. The University of Texas. A whole lot of weight. So a whole yes. lot of weight. A whole lot of money. A whole lot of money and a whole lot of weight in the college football landscape. Number three. Number three was the Pac-12 championship from Friday night. 9.25 million viewers tuned in to watch Bo Nix and Michael Penix go at it uh, at 4.9 in the ratings. Uh, that was also on ABC. So three ABC games all in a row yep. uh, right there. But Washington, Oregon, it wasn't quite the game that it lived up to the billing. Washington kind of controlled that game a little bit. Yeah. But uh, still, two quarterbacks that are going to be in New York uh, here in the next few days pulled a, uh, a 9 million. And, and Bo Nix lost the Heisman that game, uh, not because of the loss, but uh, Bo did not really look very good, especially yeah. starting out that game. I mean, he he was rough starting that game out. Penix looked good, but uh, you know, I think it set it up for uh, Jaden Daniels to be your Heisman Trophy winner. It's uh, just my prediction, anyway. It's uh, it's going to be a, a fun ceremony on on Saturday. We'll talk about that ceremony in just a moment. But next, it is number four. Number four was the Big Ten title game Saturday night on Fox. Got ten point two million viewers, a five point one in the ratings meter. But Michigan's uh. Win over Iowa, ten million people tuned in to watch that one. And that is that's the pole of Michigan football right there. That's not Iowa football driven. No, and really kind of surprised it even got that much viewership because I think uh, everybody assumed that Michigan was going to do what they did. And Iowa is, well, I mean, if you like defense, they're really good at defense. Mm. But uh, man, you want to talk about boring offense? That's uh, about as boring snooze fest offense as you could possibly imagine. I'll tell you what, that is the only Power Five conference championship game that i did not watch a second of it was either. the michigan iowa game I, I i kept track of the ticker yeah. at the bottom i was like okay michigan's up 14 and nothing yep. no they're up 21 and nothing i i did worse than that i just waited for the game breaks during the acc championship yeah, game that's i just waited for them to break in and be like here's your studio update michigan scored again michigan scored again all right here's cool. your studio update iowa did not score again <laughs> <laughs> and then number five number five was number one Shocking to, I don't think anybody, Alabama, Georgia, 17.52 million people tuned in to watch the Crimson Tide and the Bulldogs, an 8.9 rating. CBS's last hurrah with the SEC, uh, 17, over 17 million people tuned in for it. It just means more. Viewers. Everything. Yeah. It just means getting into the top four. Yeah. Over an undefeated team. Yeah. It just um, means uh, more points. Yeah. I think in the most least surprising stat that that game would be the most viewed. Yeah, uh, I mean, I think so. SEC is, I mean, we joke it just means more. I mean, I mean, it is the best conference. It is the baddest conference. It is the most difficult conference to just even get to the title game. Yeah, you know you're gonna have two stellar programs 
in that. Even if somebody slips up and gets in there, it's usually somebody that's still pretty darn good. So, um, yeah, I mean, it, it's SEC is where it's at, and that's why the, the top recruits come here, and that's why top recruits leave other schools and transfer to schools in the SEC because it, it, it does mean more. These uh these stats all come from sportsmediawatch.com. They do not include uh games from the SEC network, ACC network, CBS Sports Network, Pac-12 network, ESPN Plus or Peacock. Thankfully, though, yeah. only one of those uh one of those uh games was not on one of those networks. It was the Conference USA Championship was on uh the uh the CBS Sports Network on Friday night, so we don't have those numbers. But here's the here's the thing. That was our sports call 5 at 5 brought to our friends at Southeastern Land Group. The difference between the Power Five, the lowest watch Power Five, and the highest watch Group of Five uh, game, Florida State at 7.3 million, 03 million was Florida State Louisville. The highest watched Group of Five game was the AAC Championship between SMU and Tulane, pulled 1.88 million. Oh, wow. Six million more people watched uh, the ACC title game than the AAC title game, which is, when you think about it, not shocking. But also that much of a difference yeah. between title between those two conferences and viewership. Right. Yeah, and uh, well, and again, going into conspiracy theory mode because there's so many conspiracy theories stuff out there when it comes to like how they pick the final four. I, to me, that's another reason why a team like Liberty does not get in there because they they don't have they don't draw the the TV stuff. You're going to get the TV. Let's say, by some chance, they got in at four. Yeah. You know, your TV revenue is going to be Michigan. You're yeah. not going to have the TV revenue from Liberty. They they just don't. And so... Lynchburg, Virginia is not a big... Uh, no. Not a big uh, area. To um, watch for you know, watch very cool story with Liberty going undefeated. But, and again, I'm I'm just... I'm I'm tinfoil hat, black, <laughs> black helicopter conspiracy theory type stuff here. But legitimately, I mean, you got to think about it. I mean, if it's like, are we going to put Liberty in here or are we going to put another Power 5 team in here? That way we get the big TV revenues because yeah. money speaks. And, I mean, if you have a team like Liberty in there, you're going you're gonna to draw a lot of – some viewers that are, like, interested to see what happens with that. But, I mean, let's be honest. That's, that's not going to draw the big TV ratings. And, and those types of things do matter when it comes to – putting these teams together and playoff yeah. format and stuff like that. The rest of the uh, conference championship games from this past week, the MAC drew 1.29 million people watching it, Boise State, UNLV, and the Western uh, Mountain West Championship, 1.26 million. And then the Sun Belt Championship, Troy and App State, the lowest of the cha- conference championship games, uh, excluding Liberty and, and New Mexico State, because we don't have those numbers on this, right. on this form. 372,000 people watched yeah. Troy and App State, which is sad. Because I, I like both of those, pro- both of those are good football programs, and it was a good, it was a really good football game. But it shows you the fan bases of, of the Sun Belt. It's, no. it's not a not a draw. Uh, plus, you know, some of these are going up against the Power Five teams. The Power Five teams are going to draw a little bit more right. than that. Uh, as we move along here in the third hour, want to talk, uh, want to hit on this before we uh, have to get out of here in a few minutes. Um, the uh, the finalists for the Heisman Trophy was released yesterday. Not shocking. Uh, the only thing that was shocking about it was that there were four people uh, on there because I, I think a lot of people um, had, had just written it off as a three-man race, really a two-man race going into the final weekend last weekend. Right. Uh, but the fact that a fourth guy got, uh, got at least a percentage of the vote to get in there 
is uh, is a little shocking. Uh, but given what he's done for his team this year, not really. The Final Four uh, going to be in New York on Saturday, Saturday night for the Heisman Trophy ceremony. Not shocking. Bo Nix, Michael Penix Jr., Jaden Daniels, and then Marvin Harrison Jr. from Ohio State yeah. slipping into Good. that fourth spot. Yeah. Um, well, I say slipping into the fourth spot. I don't know what his percentage of the vote is, right. but we're just assuming. At this point, I'm speculating it would be the fourth spot. Sure. Uh, I mean, yeah, I mean, it, it's outside of a few instances over the last couple of years. I mean, it's a quarterback award. Uh, I think everybody understands that. Um, yeah, I'm glad Marvin Harrison Jr. is in there. I mean, he's obviously he's he is definitely one of the best players in the entire country. He deserves to be there. Um, so yeah, I I personally think that uh, Bo Nix had Bo Nix was the uh, runaway favorite until that Pac-12 championship game, and he just did not have a good game. Oregon itself did not have a good game, but Bo Nix, you know, just was not up to the standards that uh, we have seen out of him. And so I think he lost the Heisman that night against Washington. Now, did Michael Penix Jr. do enough to get himself back up into it? I don't think so because he had a couple rough games there that knocked him down a peg. And so I think the I think that bumps uh, uh, Jane Daniels. Uh, Jane Daniels. I was about to say Williams. I was like Williams is not his last name. <laughs> Jane Daniels. Um. I think that bumps Jaden Daniels up there, and he didn't even do anything this weekend. I was about to say, sit and watch television. That's my next question for you. Then, uh, you know, I, I think that I think a lot of people. I think most of us. Ryan Ryan's been on the boat uh, for a while with Jaden Daniels, uh, but I think a lot of people, uh, like you said, assume it's going to be Jaden Daniels. Do you think that the fact that he did not play on conference championship weekend, so all the voters got one more dose of Michael Penix? got him a little bit, at least a little bit closer to that Jaden Daniels spot. Do you think he got enough to overtake Bo Nix as that second spot then? I, no, I think Penix got, I think Penix got enough to get over Bo Nix for the number two spot. Okay. I don't think he did enough to get up to the number one spot. Cause I, I, I really think because Penix had really had some bad games mm. and it knocked him down quite a few pegs and yeah, he had a, in a pretty good game against Oregon. Yeah. Um, you know, it he was the Pac-12 championship MVP. Sure. Um, but, you know, it wasn't like he, he didn't go out there and throw for 500 yards and seven touchdowns and just light the world yeah. on fire where it's like, holy crap, you know. It was a good game, you know, but he had had some really bad games. Um, so, yeah, I I honestly think that uh, it probably – just because of their head-to-heads, the, the voters are kind of looking at that, and so I think that's going to bunk Penix ahead of, of Bo Nix. But I think uh, – Jaden Daniels did enough through the regular season and didn't even have to do anything conference. And I think just because of Bo having a rough night in that Pac-12 that it bumped him down below Jaden Daniels. And so uh, if it just strictly going off of my speculations on this, I think Jaden Daniels is going to be your Heisman winner. I think Penix will be two, Bo will be three, and uh, Marvin Harrison will be four. Did you know that there's like 800-something people that get to vote in the Heisman? Oh yeah, and yeah, I knew it was a lot. It's it's a it's a weird it's 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 a big number. Yeah, it is a a huge number, and it's it. I, I would like to be able to be in it. Don't you think we deserve a, a Heisman yeah. vote? Shoot, yeah, 
There's some people, you know, it, it's like it, it goes back and it, it's not as egregious because I don't think anybody's really had a problem with the, who won, who's ever won the Heisman. Except there's been a, a uh, couple times. There's definitely been some. But it's not as it, uh, if you're looking at voting, I'm, I'm c- comparing this to the, the uh, Major League Baseball Hall of Fame. There's not as much outrage every single year right. with who gets voted the high, who gets voted where in Heisman races as there is when it, you come with like Major League Baseball. You're like, how yeah. in the world? And, and so I, I think that, you know, at, at least we need a vote in something here. I think Sports Call needs a vote in something. Yeah. I, I'll, I'll tell you, though, there's definitely been some. Uh, there's been some question there's marks. There's definitely been some question marks. Uh, you know, I go back to the. I go back to the 80s. Uh, you were definitely not al- alive when this all happened. But, uh, yep. you know, you go back, you look at just the 1980 season. Herschel Walker, if the, if this was an award that was given out for best player of the year, yeah, Herschel Walker absolutely 100% should have won the Heisman Trophy in 1980, led his team to the national title, broke like every freshman rushing record that you could possibly imagine. Um, and the Heisman that year went to George Rogers at South Carolina, who lost to Herschel Walker and Georgia in Athens that year. Um, but because George Rogers had had a very good season, the good seasons leading up to that, he got it over Herschel that year. Herschel ended up winning it two years later, but Herschel was not really nearly the same. He was great, 81 and 82. Herschel Walker was fantastic, but he battled injuries those years. And and put up great numbers, but it was not quite the earth shattering numbers like he did in 1980 as a freshman. Yeah, Herschel should have gotten it as a freshman, not George Rogers. You then go to those others; they kind of snub some other people to give it to Herschel because of kind of his career accomplishments. Um, I think uh, people could probably say the same thing about Bo Jackson. Uh, there's some years that he probably shouldn't need won it, but he didn't and got it because of what he had done throughout. Uh, who was it? Uh, the the Alabama running back that um, their first Heisman Trophy, Mark Ingram, big, Ingram uh, won it over a Stanford running back. It was who did that? Um, hold on, I I, I know what you're was talking it, about. It wasn't the Grudy good guy. What was his name? Um, goodness, we're typing. Know, we're researching. <laughs> I know uh, it was two thousand two thousand eight. Right. So like Mark, it was like a deal where Mark Ingram did not even win the. It was, uh, oh, that's the wrong two thousand. I need two thousand nine. Uh, it was uh, Toby Gerhardt. Gerhardt, I knew it was from Stanford. Um, uh, Doak Walker is the running back award, right? Yes. yes. So so Gerhardt got the Doak Walker award for best running back of the year, but then Ingram won the Heisman, and it's like what. Wait a minute now, you you weren't even that you were not even voted as the best player in your position, but yet you won the Heisman. So, yeah, I mean, there's definitely controversy there. Um, not saying Mark Ingram did not deserve the Heisman, but it's just kind of funny. It's like you you didn't even win the award for your for the best player at your position, but yet you're the best player in the country. It's a yeah. little weird. Uh, fun fact: Nadal can sue his fourth in voting that year from Nebraska. Yeah, yeah I remember. Yeah. Uh, one that I, I and it, this is listen. I don't want to make this sound like it's a. I'm gonna we're bashing all of Alabama's Heisman winners because they've had good Heisman winners. Right. The one that I've always had a problem with was Christian McCaffrey not winning it and Derrick Henry winning it. And it was a little bit more. It was a little bit more justified. But Christian McCaffrey led the country in all-purpose yards. 
He was a phenomenal running back. He was a maybe that's he, he kick, kick returned. Uh, it was it, uh, he was he returned so many kicks, uh, caught passes. He was he was such a dynamic it, running back. What, what year is that? That is twenty fifteen. That may be the, actually the one that I'm thinking about. Deshaun Watson finished third. Baker Mayfield finished fourth. Uh, yeah, but uh, Derrick Henry won that one. Uh, I, that, that may game. actually be the one that I'm thinking about, not Mark Ingram. I, I was going to say uh, the the 2009 one. Toby uh, Toby Gearhart had more rushing yards than Mark Ingram did. All right, so year. all right, well, so uh, Derrick Henry did win the Doak Walker in 2015. Yeah, I think I think you're on the right one. I think I, I think, am on I the think, right one. I think the the Toby Gearhart not winning it and uh, what Mark year Ingram was what it, year was that? 2009. 2009. Uh, just for everybody's uh, else, it was Mark Ingram in 2009. Toby Gearhart was second. Colt McCoy was third. Colt McCoy and Mark Ingram ended up facing off in the cha- uh, championship game that year. Uh, and Dominican Sue was fourth. Tim Tebow in fifth. C.J. Spiller from Clemson was sixth. Kellen Moore from Boise State was seven. Casey Keenum from Houston was eight. Uh, Marty Gilvard from Cincinnati was nine. And Golden Tate from Notre Dame was at number 10 that, uh, in voting that year. Oh, well, let's see. 2009, yeah, to, yeah. so Toby Gerhardt won the Doak Walker in 2009. Yeah, you were on the right track there. Yep. Never doubt yourself, Tom. Well, you know, it happens. But Heisman Trophy final this Saturday, it's going to be one of four people. It's probably going to be a quarterback. His name possibly is Mike, uh, Michael Penix, more than likely going to be Jaden Daniels. Yep. Uh, maybe Bo Nix continues to slip in there. Don't think it's going to be Marvin Harrison, but he's going to be there, and it's going to be fourth in voting probably. Yeah, and that is uh, is that is your Heisman recap. That's your Heisman recap. <laughs> Let's hit our next break of the show. When we come back, we wrap up the show with the nightly TV guide and uh, our final thoughts right after this. <laughs> Sports Call Crew wants to hear from you. Give us a phone call at 334-887-3401. Follow Sports Call on Twitter at Sports Call AU. Like us on Facebook at Sports Call AU. Welcome back to Sports Call on a Tuesday. Wrapping things up here with one more segment before we have to get off a little bit early today. Smith Station Basketball coming up over on our sister station, FM Talk 93.9. Due to uh, scheduling around the office, I am the only person that can do that. So I'll be going over there. Uh, And so you can uh, catch Brant Daughtry, T.P. Hammock, calling the game over there in just a few minutes. Tom's thankful to get out of here a little bit early. Yeah, I got some shopping to do. He's got some shopping to do. Christmas shopping? No, just uh, grocery shopping. Din- din- grocery shopping, yeah. dinner, dinner shopping for tomorrow, and uh, uh, some shopping that I also got to do for the uh, Christmas party later on. I I had planned on doing that this morning. I I ran a call with the fire department, got home, wide awake. It was like uh, five o'clock, six o'clock, uh-huh. wide awake, tossing and turning. And I was like, I you know, I'm just gonna go ahead and get on up and go do some shopping, go to the bank, do some adult things. Sure. 
rolled back over in the bed and I was out. Yeah, and that's how it works, didn't yeah, it? Then I woke up and I was like, oh, it, it's time to go do a radio show. <laughs> so, yeah. Oh, that's how it works. Welcome to time. my welcome to my world of sleep or lack thereof. Well, if uh, if anybody else is out there that uh, is going to miss the last 30 minutes of the show, make sure you go and find a sports call podcast. Make up for it. You can listen to 30 minutes of yesterday's show to make up for those those lost 30 minutes. Uh, sports call podcast brought to you by our friends at Coca-Cola. Before we get out of here, let's do the thing we do every single day. It's not the TV guide. Our show is about to end, but we've got you covered on entertainment for the evening. Here's Sports Call's nightly TV guide. Sports Call's Nightly TV Guide brought to our friends over at White Claw Hard Seltzer. Make sure you stop by any one of your local 17 TK's convenience stores and pick up a variety pack of White Claw Hard Seltzers and make your holiday party a hit this year. Yeah. Uh, Nightly TV Guide picks for you this evening. Uh, One movie pick for you, and it's Tom's favorite Christmas movie. It is. National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation, 7 o'clock on AMC. Probably going to be a little bit censored because it, yeah, it's on it's on television. So if you want the uncensored version, go you know find it on streaming or DVD if you got it. But hey, Clark, where are you going to put a tree that big? Bend over and I'll show you. <laughs> <laughs> That's no way to talk to me. <laughs> and why is the carpet wet, Todd? <laughs> Todd, I don't know, Margo. <laughs> Uh, Christmas Vacation, 7 o'clock on Some, AMC. Somebody on Twitter is talking about how that was like a patently unfunny movie. I'm like, what in the world are They're you They're not talk- watching the right one. Good Lord. They're watching that somebody's is like, home videos. That movie is full of hilarity. It is. It is uh, uh, Cousin Eddie, quite yeah. possibly my favorite uh, holiday character of all time. Uh, our, our, so I, I started collecting a lot of... Uh, National Lampoon Christmas Vacation ornaments that uh-huh. my parents made. Like, yeah. Part of my tree is like full of <laughs> Lampoon's Vacation ornaments. That's hilarious. Yeah. That's phenomenal. Well, you're going to need a picture. We're going to need a picture of that. Of the, of the tree. Oh, yeah. We need a picture of the tree. I got, I've got, I've got right. some pictures there. I'll need to see it. Uh, I'll, I'll send you another special photo that I have that has to do with that. <laughs> I might actually have to wear it in here one day. It's kind of scary. You, you put it's it not that scary. Way. I'll, I'll just I'll wear it in here one day. Okay. I look forward to it. Uh, other uh, sports picks for you this evening: college basketball in action tonight, six o'clock. Uh, ESPN Villanova, Kansas State. It's ESPN two, Providence and Oklahoma. Uh, then later on tonight, seven thirty on FS one. It is Buffalo visits Butler. Uh, also ESPN later tonight, eight o'clock. North Carolina, UConn. Uh, follow that up on eight o'clock on ESPN two with Seton Hall and Baylor. And then on ESPN U, San Diego State visits Grand Canyon. Uh, NBA action for you tonight. The Knicks visit the Bucks. Follow that up by the Suns at the Lakers. Both of the game, those games on TNT. And then you've got some women's national team soccer action tonight as they take on China on True TV at 7 o'clock. And that is your nightly TV guide brought to you by our friends at White Claw Hard Seltzer. Tom, I want to thank you so much for being here these last two days. I absolutely enjoyed it. Folks, we'll get to hear from you tomorrow again. Ryan Lavoie will be here tomorrow for a brand new edition of Sports Call. Kim Barry should be here tomorrow for a brand new edition of Sports Call. I'll be in here for the uh, coaches show following you guys on the air. Uh, and uh, also... Don't forget to flip over to FM Talk 93.9 right now for some high school basketball. Smith Station takes on Eufaula. Brant Daughtry, TP Hammock on the call. I'm Brooks Shoulders. That was been Tom Peavy. I want to thank everybody that tuned in and called in today. And have a great Tuesday evening. We will talk to you again tomorrow.